Hey mates, dropping in at the start of the episode to let you know that currently on littledumdumclub.com you can now buy face masks with the Little Dum Dum Club burger logo on them. Yes, it's a very 2020 product. Head to the website, buy yourself a mask, cover your face, do the right thing and uh, look like a huge cool podcast fan while you do it. They're available now for pre-order. They're shipping soon, littledumdumclub.com. Today on the Little Dum Dum Club, a brand new episode with guests Sean McAuliffe and Dave O'Neill. Enjoy this episode uh, with two of the greats. You can also support the Little Dum Dum Club on Patreon, can't you, Carl? You certainly can. Uh, Patreon.com slash Little Dum Dum Club. You can hear more about that in Talking Dum Dum at the end of this episode when you find out how did we manage to book Dave O'Neill. <laughs> what, what a get. Enjoy this episode with Sean McAuliffe and Dave O'Neill. <laughs> Hey mates, welcome once again into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselo and with me as always the other half of the program, Carl Chandler. G'day dickhead, Kyle Chandler actually. <laughs> Kyle um, Chandler, one sorry. one of our guests knows us. Sorry, uh, very yeah. inappropriate of me. Let's <laughs> welcome our guests into the show today. Two very special guests, Dave O'Neill and Sean McAuliffe. Yes. Hey poofs. Ex- hey. <laughs> Ignore oh, that please, dear. Sean. Sorry Sean. That's Ignore my, that's that. my Timmy. Ignore that. Sean. Timmy, Kyle, lovely to see you again. Uh, <laughs> Steve, always great. (laughs) Steve, you're not even giving him the same first letter of his name. Wow. I thought it was going to be Hughesy. Steve O'Neill. I don't mind that, actually. Steve O'Neill sounds like a skateboarder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Steve Um, O'Neill. I do remember many years ago when... uh, uh, Sorry, Kyle. Uh, uh, Many years ago (laughs) when um, uh, I met... I met uh, Dave, and uh, Dave was doing a show with Hughesy and Kate. Uh, This was way back in the Triple R days, uh, Dave, you might remember. And uh, I was calling you Dave, and I was calling Hughesy Dave, and you took me aside, you said, look, call... Call Husey, Husey. Don't call him because I never <laughs> called him Husey, and I refuse to call Husey Husey. Uh, but professionally, I have to do that. Like whenever we publicly appear, like wherever on air or something like that, I have to call him Husey, even though I feel it's undignified and I shouldn't be calling him that. You know, do what we do is we give him a you know a little bit of respect and a little bit of legitimacy. We just call him Hughes. Yeah. Hughes. That yeah. sounds like very business like, but you sort of yes. get the gist of his his nickname. Well, yeah. when we moved to That's Nova, there was nice. a big conversation about who was going to be Dave. And and who was going to be, if I was going to be O'Neill or he was going to be Husey or I wanted a nickname like the big guy, you know, <laughs> Husey, Kate and the big guy, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, we well, you've already got it. You've, you've already got a nickname because D- Dave, of course, is a diminutive mm. of David. I mean, yes. I, I'm sure you're, did your parents call you David? Never. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I thought you were going to say Dave. Uh, no, they still call me David, mum and dad, but they don't call me Dave ever. Well, you, you, you both worked on a show, uh, Full, Frontal. Full Frontal. Full Frontal. You worked together on a show called Full Frontal. Now, it's where we met. D- d- yes. Now, um, maybe a nickname comes out of this in that you both wrote on it. Now, what we found out relatively recently is that you were, of course, Sean was a breakout star of Full Frontal, started yeah, as was. a writer, became on screen and, and took off from there, whereas you pretty much just wrote on it, yep. except for a small little cameo <laughs> character that we've recently found yep. out about, where you played a... 
And I'm surprised more people don't remember this, Sean, you especially. I don't know if you wrote this part for him, but he was called Fat Loser. <laughs> fat Loser. <laughs> now, Sean that, remembers that the Fat Loser. A nickname or just as a noun for you? <laughs> I, do remember that, I do remember that uh, recurring, it was a recurring role too. And, uh, yes. and Dave, Dave, as the Fat Loser, would turn up uh, basically as a punchline for sketches that didn't have one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But That's I didn't great. write it. I I no. didn't write it. I I'm pro- I assumed that Dave had written it, but I might be wrong there. No, I didn't write the initial one. I don't know. And then the, and then Doug McLeod wrote a song called the Fat Loser song, which Kyle over here sent to me. He found it on the internet. Oh, which we, was, I was so hoping that Sean had written it because um, you know as a comedy connoisseur, just going through the sketch I watched, which was literally like it's in um. It's all silent, like it's you know. It's, it's Benny Hill style. It's all. It's, it's well. I would have gone more Mr. Bean style, but I sit on a park bench. It's, it's oh, you. Yeah. It's you with the. Cl- you know, you, you can't use any dialogue, so it's just a classic visual comedy. And the visual comedy is this: a bird poos on you. Yes. You have a coffee, and the cappuccino froth is still on your mouth afterwards. <laughs> you open a beer, and it goes all over the place. Yeah. And you can't sort of ride a BMX very well. Yes. And that's it. No, I also sit Charlie on Charlie Chaplin was <laughs> killing himself in his grave. <laughs> I, I sit on a park bench and get up in the stripe from my back, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. But not only is this a silent sketch, it's also happening while the credits are rolling. Yeah. So there's barely even that much respect given yeah. to the visual. Oh, oh, hang on Half on of it is obscured. It's silent comedy and I'm describing the audience. That's always a sign, isn't it, Sean, that it's a bad sketch if you put under the credits, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been written to be used under the sketch, it, you knew that the sketch, you knew that the sketch hadn't landed if it was yeah. used. But mind you, it was a it was a musical number, so it probably yeah. it might have been intended to be used as a as a credit roll. But I know that from my own experience, whenever one of my sketches turned out to be a credit roll. I, it was a failure. Absolutely yeah, a failure. It's bond. It's, right. it, is yeah. the thinking maybe that like, hey, maybe someone in the cast has a funny name yeah. and then if that's kind of going over the top yeah. of the sketch, that'll kind yeah. of boost that's, up the laugh. That's part. a way yeah. of punching up the sketches if you name the key grip. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a moment in uh, Thank God You're Here when if, you're in, if you ever did Thank God You're Here, you remember that show, don't you guys? That yeah. was yes. on yes. Channel 10. If you're yep. in Thank God You're Here and you got to the stage where one of the characters uh, got you to do a little dance, said, oh, you've got to do that little dance. If you got to that stage, you know that you had died all the way through oh, because what right. they did was they, they'd let it they let it play out, and if you managed to get three or four minutes of reasonable laughs, uh, then that would be they'd blow the horn, and then Tom, you know, Gleisner would yes. talk to you. Yeah. But if you were giving them nothing, they just kept rolling through, desperately trying to find something, yeah. and then if you if you got asked to dance, you, you realize that was the very last question. Right. That's the ripcord. So, yeah. so then, oh. if you're bomb when you're dancing, all of a sudden someone comes out and goes, Professor Hinklebottom, uh, this is the time when you pull your pants down, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, God knows what would happen. It'd be like entering a black hole. I think if you didn't get laughs from the dance, I, God knows what would happen. No, well, what happened was the fat loser would walk on stage. Yes. And it's around, yes. Oh roll God. credits, roll credits. It's it's a much, a much love fat loser character. Someone's trying to roll credits yeah. live in the studio in front of the actual yes. Ed Cavalier, like, is that a BMX I hear? <laughs> Being badly written I in know. our direction? I never did that show, but that looked horrifying, that show. It looked so scary. Oh, that really? was scary. I, I never, oh, right, I never yeah. left. I never left uh, of an evening when I did. Thank God you're here, where I didn't beat myself up. You know, it was, it was nerve wracking going in. 
the kind of the performance was okay if it went okay, but then afterwards you'd go, oh, you play that I coulda, shoulda, woulda yes. game, you know, on your way home. Tony Martin and I used to ring each other and you know almost burst into Debrief. tears. You know, it was, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, we can tell you as stand-ups, if no one talks to you, it's been a bad gig. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. It? Like, they can't look you in the eye. That's it. That's yeah. always a sign yeah. that yeah. it wasn't that great. Well, the only you time that. The only time that ever happened because to Ed me. Cavalier didn't laugh within the sketch, Sean, because that's his job. So you didn't. You didn't <laughs> oh, okay. Bomb. I did like playing to Ed. Ed. It was always very, very dependable. But the only time that I ever did anything where no one talked to me afterwards was when I appeared on a morning show on Channel 10 hosted by, it was a fellow from New Zealand, and the show didn't last Oh, that long. was short-lived. Yes, yes, it was short-lived Paul breakfast Henry. show. Wake up. Wake up. Oh, yes, Is that what that's it was it. called? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, it was Paul hosted Henry? by Very yeah. angry man. Paul Henry was the fellow, and uh, I, I remember I did that show, and I was... T- and I, I, when I, before I went on, I said to the publicist, because I was supposed to be advertising, thank God, you, no, uh, talking about your generation. And uh, I said, do you mind if I have a bit of fun? I don't, I'm not that keen on this conversation topic, which was, you know, do old people. It was something about generation, generation next or something like that. And I said, do you mind if I just muck around? Would that be okay? Is that the sort of show where you can do that? She said, yeah, no, no, they like people having fun. So I went on and had fun, you know, wandered around and picked up props and lay on tables and didn't answer questions and generally acted like a goob. Yeah, Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, this has gone well. And I walked off and no one would look me in the eye. It wasn't just a question of them not talking to me. No one, not even the publicist. I said, oh, well, that that seemed to go okay. And she just looked down like, you know, someone had slapped her cake out of her hand or something. It was was terrible. The last gig I ever did before this COVID hit, I did um, Duntroon, or next to Duntroon, the it's like a school for uni students that are going to become soldiers. Uh, the, the Defence Academy, and okay. uh, <laughs> and it was a fight. Ninety percent. Duntroon. I thought you. This is like the last gig you did was during Gallipoli or something. <laughs> and uh, it was, so they're all army, but ninety percent young men, ten percent women, and the woman in charge was like the captain, like the the major who was in charge. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I went pretty cool. I mean, there were some. Like there seemed to be a lot of international people there. They t- there was a Scottish guy yelling out, and I said, "Oh, you're from Scotland." And I and I said to like an Asian man, "Where are you from?" Oh, and he goes, "Melbourne." I'm like, "Yeah, I, th- I thought so, mate." Anyway, I kept moving on. <laughs> and as I walked off stage, the woman, all she said to me was, "We're going to get complaints." <laughs> <laughs> so COVID hits, and you're thinking, "Thank God, I'm never going to have to hear about that because this is." Really taking people's attention away. Yeah, we're going to get complaints uh, anyway. What the hell? The what the hell? Gig. Kind of act? No, hey, what? No, I'm going to hold you to this. What kind of yeah. act were you doing? What are you, Don Rickles? You come out and you <laughs> see somebody, somebody with features that aren't quite like yours, and you immediately start picking on them. <laughs> like, to be fair, I picked on a lot of them. Like there was a there was a fat guy, and I said, so there were Army, Air Force, and Navy. And I said, which which bit of the military unit? He goes, I'm in the Air Force. And I said, how do the planes take off with oh, you? Oh <laughs> wow! Wow! This. <laughs> Poor, this stuff. poor guy good who's stuff. turned up to the gig cosplaying as his hero, <laughs> Fat Loser, loser yeah. <laughs> and you picked on him. Wow. Well, wow. I, I, with that, I'm fat, so I can do fat. They, but they would all bang the tables like this when I would do an insult. So I just, yeah, I turned into Don Rickles that wow. night. I just kept yeah. insulting them. But well, you, you, hit so a, you hit a speed hump occasionally. Sean, if McDonald's we Rickles. Sean, if we can do this, we um, we'll pick up a little bit of business from uh, a couple of months ago on our show where... Um, Somehow, when when I was doing some research for for a guest, I stumbled across on IMDb. Um, there, there's like an offshoot. There was a little link on the side. I was looking up someone, and I saw there was a list uh, that someone had put up. It said top top ten or top twenty 
Aussie comedians, dot, dot, dot. And so I clicked on it, and when the title expanded, it was top 20 Aussie comedians, dot, 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 that I'd like to root. Oh, yeah. And so I I looked, and I was like, I don't know who's using IMDb like Pornhub, but for some reason there's a list there that said that. And and it was a 10-year-old list, and we went through the list because a lot of the comedians we knew, and we, we read out the list and whatever, and and you, Sean McAuliffe, was were on the list. So wow. congratulations! I'm sure your management already was let he? you know about that. Um, <laughs> what number approximately? I, I don't know. I remember, I don't I remember like I, Tommy Little was high. It was all the good thought. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't think this thought was years in ago. It. There was no Tommy Little. Oh, that's right. So anyway, it doesn't. It doesn't was, have to be in order, does it? It could be just no. an orgy. It could be like an all. That's it. That's it. If she's picking twenty people, I don't think she's that fussy. She didn't need to like number any of them. But so somehow we read this out on the show and we talked about it a lot and someone that listens knew the person involved and so hit them up and so 10 years later i was able to contact them and say (laughs) would you be able to update your list of who you're currently horny for and and after she blocked me which was a thing that actually happened (laughs) after she blocked me her friends then told them to unblock me and and say this is all part of a podcast that they listen to it's legitimate it's fine it's funny it's whatever and so i contacted her and I said, would you mind updating the list? And she said, and her name was Haley. I won't give the full name, but her name's Haley. And I asked her to, to update the list. She said, oh, God, the thought of doing that is making my palms sweat. I'm no longer as thirsty as I was as a 20-year-old who has yet to learn how much most dudes actually suck. And I truly don't even wow. have a fantasy bone list anymore as I'm too scared anyone I put on it will turn out to actually be a monster who's immediately cancelled, dot, dot, dot. But I, but I guess Sean McAuliffe can still absolutely get it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So oh, well, that's good. That's reassuring that I that I haven't been removed from the bone list. <laughs> yes. Not only have you not been removed, you are the I think the sole survivor from ten years ago. Wow. <laughs> is she? Well, that's, I mean, you got, that's frightening on a number of levels. <laughs> I mean, you guys speculating. How old is she now, though? I is think she, she's. I think 30? she was about nineteen, maybe at the time. So she'd be about twenty nine now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right, so still right. got it, Sean McAuliffe, official. And there were some big names well, on that list too. I, I'm very pleased. Mm. Um, um, I guess was she worried when Carl when you when you contacted her that you were kind of uh, kind of push polling and wanted to be on the list? Did you, was that what she was worried about? <laughs> no, no, I, yeah. I think probably it was... a few pictures attached to Carl's message, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get himself over the line. I think just generally it was a creepy request coming from someone she'd never heard of. But I also did like that she's very clearly a, a big comedy fan, and when I did a- approach her, she blocked me. And she'd absolutely never heard of Tommy and I. So if, even for a deep, deep comedy fan, she still thought we were absolute creepy randoms that she wanted nothing to do with. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, sure, I, th- I think I think with the experience, I think I think if you if you meet a comedian, if you go to a stand up venue and you go backstage and you meet the comedians, it would kind of turn you off. You know, there might be some. Yeah. There, there might the reality of it would be. Nah, this is not a good idea. Yeah. I think anyone who's like started out going to gigs and been turned on by the idea of hooking up with a comedian, if maybe they've done it once, they're like, oh, this is awful. This is the most self-absorbed person that you could ever be with. This is yeah. <laughs> this is just well, Dave, Dave and I. Dave and I. Were, when Dave and I started, we were writing for the Jim Owen television comedy show on Channel yes. Seven. So this is back in 1994, and Jim Jim used to get lots of. I don't, I'm sure he won't mind me saying telling this part of the story, but he would receive lots and lots of correspondence, lots of letters from uh, female fans and maybe male fans too, who who were really taken with him as a romantic. Uh, 
fella yeah, because, you know, and it's unusual to have a comic who is, uh, you know, who is kind of like a sex symbol because most comics yeah. become comics because they're, you know, they look they look kind of weird. A fat loser. And they a fat loser. Yeah. <laughs> a fat loser. Yeah. 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 But it's a, def- if it's a defence mechanism. Yeah. Like if you're a jock on campus, you know, you're not probably not going to be the funniest guy in the world because you don't need to have that particular trick exactly. in your arsenal. Exactly. But so Jim Jim was unusual in that he he was a funny, very funny, and b considered enormously good. I mean, I find him a very attractive man, but a lot of people mm. uh, really, really kind of loved him. You know, he was a bit of a sex yeah. symbol, and and well, he not, would not receive Haley, letters apparently on IMDb. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was on the list. Oh, okay, all right. Well, uh, no. but but they would send pictures of themselves in various states of disrobe, oh. and uh, uh, so <laughs> there were there were he would he would he would go through the correspondence, and again. I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but he'd he'd throw a letter over in a picture and say, "Look, look at that!" You know, it was just a very interesting sociological <laughs> oh, experiment. Okay, well, I'm glad he was the one throwing it over because I was about to say, "Well, I've written in plenty of writers' rooms, and I not part of my job has been to go through the stars' mail and go through their pictures yeah. and correspondence yeah. from fans." No, no I didn't have to do it. No, I didn't have to. Right. Do it. No, nor did I. Nor did I want to. It felt it felt wrong to <laughs> even look at such a thing. That's the bit of the story I really like. Like, what a bygone era. You know, now it's just like someone slides into the DM of a comedian they like and sends a nude. The idea of sending a nude photo to the Channel 7 publicity department in the post and just being like... Can you just pass this on? Yeah, it's just that's that's a whole other step. Yeah, that's real commitment. Just getting the phone. Have you guys? Vote. Have you guys ever? <laughs> I'm, I'm, not not in a romantic sense, but have you guys ever written to when you were kids? Did you ever write to somebody who you really admired? I remember writing to uh, like as a twelve year old writing to Jerry Lewis, thinking that he would read a letter and send a letter back. Was that never happened? But. Did did you ever try and reach out and and Surely connect Carl with the? I did with with sports people. I did with soccer players when I was a kid, and I got the. Um, I've still got them. I've still got like personally signed uh, photographs and stuff. Um, Tommy Tommy used to come that's to. That's nice. Yeah. Tommy used to come to live OBs for Nova. For yeah, when I was in high school. Yeah. I, well, it, when I was in year twelve, I studied. I did media studies, and I made this documentary that was very John Safran inspired, and I wrote to him on. I guess his email address was online somewhere. And said, "Oh, I've done this film for my Year Twelve project that I, I, you know, I'd love you to see and like get your feedback on it." And he just gave me his home address. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, pop it in the mail and post it to me." And so, like, it was like not too far from where I lived. I walked past his house and put it in the mailbox. And I remember just thinking, like, "This is so strange that this guy just gave out his home yeah. address to someone on the internet." Well, I. It's a I, nice um, thing, though. It's very nice. Yeah, I've never I've heard any. Never heard anything back, so I probably hated it. I've I've said this before on the show a long time ago, I think. But um, I Rolf Harris once came to my hometown of Maryborough, and I um loved his TV show. And as a child, I got my parents to to bring me up to meet him, and I brought a picture that I'd drawn, and I wanted him to sign it. And he looked at me and went, "No thanks, mate." So I was the Aww. one child that Rolf Harris rejected. Oh dear! Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's, oh, sad. that's sad. Oh, that's very sad. sad. Very sad. I mean, why, I mean, why good. Would he do that in hindsight. Good that oh, I was yeah, sure. Rolf Harris, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, still, still a bit of fronting at the time. Well, I got that twelve-year-old. No, he's about ten from doing warm-up on your show, Sean, on the Michaela oh, yes. program on the ABC. And so I would do warm-up, and uh, it was a big day when Sean got me in the office because I was writing on the show. And he said, I want to expand. And going through the fan mail and the pictures, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from what was her name? That girl. She from said, Hayley. Well, from Hayley. Yeah, yeah. And Sean said, I want to expand your role on the show. I'm thinking, well, cast member, definitely. Yep. But no, warm up man. Great. And um, <laughs> I had, and I, I, was talk, I used to talk to the audience a lot. Then the next day, I got a phone call 
It was on. This is before mobiles. Um, on a landline, on my landline, and this kid called. T- he goes, "Hi, it's Tim here." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, who are you?" And he goes, oh, "I was in the crowd last night, and I looked you up in the phone book." And I said, "Oh, what do you want?" He goes, "I want to be your friend." Oh, <laughs> I said, "Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't be my. Fr- I'm like a 35 year old man. It's not a good look, Tim." And anyway, then he would ring up, and he would ring up reverse charges from a public phone box. And so you'd be at home. And, the, and that and man ended up being Mark Zuckerberg. That's how he invented Facebook. <laughs> well, Dave and, and I have talked about this before, and uh, yes. and he uh, and I, my theory was that he was looking for a, a, a mentor or father a father figure. figure. And indeed, uh, indeed, uh, I think he was, wasn't he? Is that right? He Tim, kind of Tim, looked up to you. Uh, well, when he rang up reverse charges, the operator would say, "We have a Tim from Geelong." Uh, once I go, no, no, <laughs> and and you could hear in the background going, "Come on, I don't have a dad." Oh and stuff no! Like this. But I don't <laughs> no. know. I don't know whether he was making it up or what. And then he only stopped ringing when my my girlfriend picked up the phone and abused him and said, don't ring again. You're really annoying us, blah, blah. But then then about two years later, I talked about it on the Mark Malloy show and I got home and there was a a message on my answering machine. It was just Tim. He went, it's Tim, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the cable guy. (laughs) (laughs) It was unbelievable. It's Tim, I'm back. Tim. I don't mind it. I wouldn't mind being hit up. You know, as you get older, it gets harder to just like organically make new friends. I wouldn't mind someone just reaching out and going... Primary school style, just someone hitting you up and going, "Hey, want to be oh, friends?" Honestly, All right, I'll try it on. You don't honestly, want has ever been a good relationship <laughs> where some, where it started with someone going, "Can we please be friends?" I want to try it. I'm going to try and get the one. Uh, what a great story! Just introducing people, like, "Yeah, how'd you guys become friends?" Oh, you just oh. DM'd me on Facebook and uh, hey, well, I took I, a punt. I, uh, some guy started talking to me a gig, John, and I, I, he rings me up a fair bit. He's like a he's like a shoe salesman, so he just drives around Victoria. And he often rings me up. I have a chat to him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I made friends with him. There's nothing wrong yeah, with you're that. N- you're not fussy enough, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you, I'll find out that John's actually anyone? Uh, have you ever up. had anybody listen to the little d- – you've got a loyal fan base, I'm sure, the little dum-dum club. Are there mm-hmm. people who correspond with you regularly? And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about that. That's why I was bewildered by Tommy saying he was welcoming this sort of behaviour because we get nothing but – Sort of unrequited love slash abuse from the people that listen to this show. So um, we've just we've just officially got our own post box, and I've opened it up this morning to find not, not various forms of abuse in there already today. Great. So it's been active for a week. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, Carl, I've, Carl's I've, numbers out there too. Yeah, so my people phone numbers out there. Number. So not a day yeah. goes by without some form of. Um, um, yeah, veiled abuse or outright abuse. But that's why I'm through. saying. I'm sure it's ironic, though. I'm sure it's ironic because Carl, you opened the show by saying to Tommy, "You're one of your best friends." Uh, hello, dickhead. <laughs> yes. So I yes. think probably people are entering into the spirit of it, and they exactly. feel that the so. abuse is good natured, and and you shouldn't yep. take it seriously. I think I think if you know, if they start you know cutting off portions of their body and posting them to you, then yeah. I, you know you probably yeah. should. Uh, well, you that's know, coming. Contact yeah, yeah. The it's early days post- for the PO box. Yeah, I think that's coming, that. and it's quite what, a big post box as well. So there is the actual <laughs> volume available. What about prison? Have you had any correspondence from prison, you guys? Any um, jailbirds? Yeah, a little bit. We had someone yeah. a, a couple of years ago um, hit us up like on the day he walked out of prison or something was like just <laughs> telling us how, how we got him through it or something Well, it's like true. That. They got. I mean, I did one gig in prison and they, 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 they would be big fans of your show because they've got nothing to do. The guy said to me, and they would get the ABC. Yeah, they love. And he goes, he yeah. he said to me, "When's Randling coming back?" <laughs> Which, that was <laughs> Andrew Denton. That wasn't. That wasn't and I said, him. so that was he a short-lived show. Off his sentence for watching. <laughs> <laughs> that was a short-lived show. But at show. what price? <laughs> and I said, mate, you're the only person who's ever mentioned Randling to me ever. 
And he goes, well, we've got nothing to do in here and it's repeated at night. He goes, I have a lift weights or watch the ABC. That's it. Great. So that would be huge, Michaela. And, and they, they would listen to podcasts. That's so, it's so backhanded, Dave. Like, yeah, they'd be fans of you, Sean, because they've got nothing else <laughs> yeah, to do. Like, people with plenty to do are yeah. fans of Sean. That sounds like the sort of text I get from these idiots, Dave. Where's a nice mad as hell night, guys? Gather around the TV. Well, that, look, that's I, a good I, li- I like that. I, when, I was, when I was at university, we had a. I, of course, I joined the debating club. Uh, of, course of course, I did. Uh, and so we would uh, we would go around, and there'd be the you'd, you'd debate at other universities, and uh, you can imagine uh, what what uh, you know there'd be a, a, a nothing and cheese afternoon, and uh, you'd uh, debate each other. <laughs> and one of the debates uh, took place at Yatla Labor Prison. So oh. I and and two of my <laughs> two of my friends. Um, uh, we, we we agreed that we would debate the Yatler uh, prisoner team, and uh, that was oh. my first time. <laughs> wow, fantastic! It was great. It was really really interesting. I'd never been inside a prison before, and these were people. These were people who were you know they'd pretty they'd done the wrong thing. serious crimes, I yeah. guess, in order to be incarcerated uh, in in the serious bit of the jail. And we went into the the kind of common room area. There was a there was a table tennis table and an area, a very small area of books. And uh, we we had the the debate. And I I must say that uh, Sean, most did they the think people... that you were the parole board? By the way, was this? Yeah. <laughs> well, the solicitors. Well, was, Thank God. I was eighteen. I was eighteen years old. Eighteen and a half years old. Uh, no experience of life at all. Not much. Uh, yeah, apart from the age. Not much different to how I am now. Um, but the conversations I had with the prisoners that I did meet—it it surprised me. These, these are people who I'm sure would love watching Mad as Hell. There's, there's no reason yeah. to uh, reason to think that at all. And I'll tell you another thing um, uh, that I've spoken to a few people who. Um, you know, not a lot of people, but a number of people who have been in prison, and they love hard quiz. They have a really good yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. with hard quiz. Yeah, right. um, uh, which I find. How did the debate uh, go? How did the debate go? Uh, yeah. Oh no, we threw it. We threw it. Uh, there's no way oh! that I would have. <laughs> you let them win. <laughs> you let them win. I wanted to get. I wanted to get out of there alive. <laughs> I had to walk out with a shiv in the back. You know. Uh... <laughs> okay, today's topic. What the fuck are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. well, well, when I did a prison, they were all just kept. There was no. There was one guard with a with a walkie-talkie. There's no guns. They didn't have a gun, and there was. And she was just sitting on the front, looking really bored. Why I did stand up, and then afterwards they all just come up and hug you. These guys, it meet, medium security, they're all hugging you and stuff. So oh, wow. doesn't show a lot of confidence in your own abilities, Dave. When you're turning up and you're like, "Can these guards be armed?" Because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to really bomb here, so yeah, yeah. I need help. I'm, I'm going to pull out some uh, some of my racial gear that I put out of my gigs from <laughs> Dundroon. Yeah, from Dundroon. Yeah, Dave, did you do did you do your Don Rickles act, or were you too, too scared? <laughs> yeah. No, I, there was. I, I did a bit of it. There was a guy with red hair and glasses, and I said, "Do, do you work in the library?" And he goes, "Yeah, how'd you know that?" And I said. I've seen Shawshank Redemption. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, you, do, you do topical stuff. <laughs> bit, of local, well. bit of local yeah, gear. Right, right. Hey, they'd all seen Shawshank Redemption. Bit of a Rita Hayworth gear. I, there, I don't understand why people love Shawshank Redemption. It always seems to be on everybody's top, you know, you know, list yeah, of it's things. On football. Footballers, you know, footballers love it. Yeah. Football, why is only, that? 
Yeah, it's only just why? been because it's because it's a dumb person smart movie. I think it, it, yeah. it, it has all the appearance right. of an epic and a and a smart intelligent did, movie. Well, Carl, answer me this: how did how did Tim Robbins manage to up. stick back yeah. the poster after he'd gone through the hole in the wall? How did he manage to make it fix it back on? Question. Because once he's through. Uh, you, your hand wouldn't be able to go out and, and put nah. the blue tack back on. Blue tack. Answer this question about the film you wrote. Go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good under, question. Under my Sean. pen name, Stephen King. This is the solution. <laughs> I mean, the I other have. thing. The um, other thing was, of course, he's wearing a suit. He steals the warden's suit, and the warden. Okay, Tim Robbins is about six foot eight, and the yeah. warden is probably about six, maybe six foot, maybe five, maybe. eleven, yeah. or something like that. There's no way he could fit into that suit. These are yeah, the problems yeah. I had with it. I I didn't like it. You know, yeah. Sean, um, Nathan Barkley told me once he gets every new Collingwood player to watch Gattaca because he said, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gattaca, you've seen yeah, Gattaca? Yeah, I had to yeah. study it in year 12. Oh, it's fantastic movie. Do you know that movie, Sean? Ethan I do. Moore? I know it well. It's kind of based on Brave New World, isn't it? It's kind of, uh, it's kind yes. of adapted from the Aldous Huxley uh, book, yeah. Because football players like it because it shows you need, what is it, strength, determination, and a little bit of luck to win. Right. Yeah. You could say the same about Ratatouille. Just show them that. <laughs> Chuck on a bit of Pixar love, at the start of the season. <laughs> well, well, Shawshank Redemption has been usurped by uh, Anchorman, I think, in terms of yes. the number one footballer movie. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny how it goes from, <laughs> it's like, no, this is our smart movie. It's like, no, nah, all bets are off. We're, we're absolute dumb fucks. We're, we're into Anchorman now. Yeah. Anchorman. Yeah. That would be a good, if you're an Australian filmmaker, Trying to make the film that's going to be the new go-to mm. AFL footballer yeah. favourite mm. when they get asked in interviews. Because yeah. that's just years of free publicity for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just getting mentioned in interviews. Yeah. Well, that might happen. Record. I mean, I, I've started watching Relic on uh, Stan oh, yeah. with, oh, yeah. uh, with Robin Nevin. Maybe that'll be uh, taken yeah. up. Oh. It's, it's, it's the, the new, new anchor man. I don't think so. Woman. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> How to make an American quilt might come in before <laughs> Well, well, Sean, well, Little Women, the new Little Women, which Sean, is very if we, good. If we can get into this slightly, um, you do have a new um, show, a new three-part show coming out on the ABC um, that everyone can can watch. It's it's already started as this ep- as this episode comes out, but you can get on iView and watch episode one mm. again. As Tommy and I have already, yeah. it's Sean McAuliffe on the source, and it's you um, going into the I guess the culture uh, of drinking in Australia at the very least, I guess. Um, and we've watched episode one, excellent, and I'm very glad. I have to say, coming into it, I did presume that you were coming into it as a sort of a bulky Bartotomous sort of character where you'd, you'd never drunk before and you're like, so what is alcohol? The Oxford uh, Dictionary pr- describes alcohol as blah, blah, blah. But I'm happy to know that you actually did used to drink uh, in your like, uni days before you um, before you quit. So you're tackling it from a, from a non-virginal um, aspect, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought it was important to make it clear that I wasn't, uh, you know, Louis Thoreau. You know that I'd yes. actually, I'd actually uh, had way too much alcohol when I was at university. You know, and for me, way too much meant probably two or three glasses, and I'd kind of be drunk pretty quickly. So I right. never really had a. I didn't really ever have a. Uh, a healthy or moderated sort of relationship with alcohol. It was always to get pissed, you know. I just yep. assumed that was what it was for. And indeed, even now, even after my experience of making the documentary, I still don't really see much point in alcohol unless you feel the effects of it. So mm-hmm. um, unless mm-hmm. you feel that euphoria and maybe you can pull yourself back from, you know, overdoing it. I, I just don't understand, understand the point of it. But what I what I felt I'd missed out on as a result of giving it up was that, it's such a. It has such social utility, and that it is such a um, harbinger of shared experience for 
so many people in this country that I always felt I was never really part of the fun if I went out and sort of sat down on a chair and you kind of watched people enjoying themselves rather than enjoyed myself with them in the same way. So I wanted to try and get why it was a helpful thing and also, you know, learn about what it did as well. I mean, we can see the effects of having too much of it, but just other things that maybe we don't see, the the, the nature of alcohol itself. Because what, I don't know whether this is interesting, please, by all means, cut it if it's too dull. But the reason that, (laughs) the reason that from an evolutionary point point of view, yeah, edit point, I'll leave a gap. Okay, now. um, (laughs) Cut back in the story of us going, oh, so anyway, I fell over in the park the other day. (laughs) Well, you may well, you may well tell me, this might be the dullest thing in the world, but I kind of found it interesting. You're forgetting, Sean, you're forgetting, we've got Fat Loser here to spice it up. (laughs) Yeah. I'll come in at the end, Sean. Don't worry about yeah. it. Here you go. Go. Oh, feel free to chip in during it, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so when when our ancestors, like when our ancestors were around, you know, thinking why is it why are we evolved to process alcohol in the way that we do, and why is it a thing in nature? And it's a, the reason it's a thing in nature is because when we were when we jumped out of the trees and we were kind of wandering around uh, looking for food, we were foragers. Uh, we might not eat every day. We might eat every couple of days. So that when we did come across food like, for example, some overripe fruit that had fallen from a tree, we would smell that sweetness of the ripening, overripening fruit and, and we actually had receptors that picked up alcohol. And the reason that we sat down and ate so much of it is because alcohol has an aperitif effect. It actually makes us hungry. So we would consume yeah. more than we needed, more than we would burn off, and we would store that and it would last us, help us survive a couple of days. So that's why alcohol is an important thing in the you know the evolution of uh, humanity. Of course, what we did was, once we, uh, we quite enjoyed that effect, we then started monkeying around with it and distilling it and making it more concentrated. And, uh, you know, maybe you could argue that probably didn't work out so well. Anytime we, anytime we fuck around with uh, the natural order of things, Frankenstein style, uh, you know, it, it doesn't turn out well. You, you were a very good teacher until you said fucking then. That was, uh, <laughs> you're, you'd be a very yeah, good teacher, Sean. Yeah, and yeah. you came and filmed You've at uh, show, you came and filmed at the Grandview Hotel where I run comedy. I used to run comedy because Husey was on and um, Husey's the famous That's teetotaler. Right. We, did, yes. we didn't want to talk to you. We didn't want to talk to you. We wanted to talk <laughs> no. to the other Dave, the other yeah. David. Although yeah. I understand you don't, you don't drink, do you? I Dave, no, you don't drink. No, I, I, drink, I have a beer occasionally, but I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. I haven't it, had drinks. It is, it is a bit. It is months. a thing at gigs where if we see um, Dave at gigs, and I'll generally be like, I won't even offer him a drink. But if you do take a drink, it's a bit of a moment of, hey, everyone, come over and have a look yeah. at Dave drink. <laughs> yeah, that's how rare it is. Yeah, like, it's like s- a dog walking on his hind legs. Yes, it's really yes. interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I've never been a big drinker. Uh, I, I, I liked uh, marijuana in the 90, 80s. And in fact, when my wife met me, she said I was addicted to marijuana. I said, no, I wasn't. She said, you had a little machine that used to roll your own joints. And I said, didn't everyone have one of those? Apparently <laughs> no, not. So, yeah, you're yeah. addicted. She's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no. you, I think you were just trying to cover for your munchies. Yes. I think you were addicted. Well, that's the thing. But it was funny because you came and watched Husey, and you, but you were sitting in the crowd, and Husey said... I, Every time I looked down, Sean was sitting there staring at me. <laughs> I don't think he laughed very much. <laughs> no, right. he should be happy because we, we managed to find a, a shot of me uh, laughing probably at something else and we cut it in so it looked like I was reacting to him. It was like one of those Dean Martin celebrity roasts, you know, where everyone's laughing way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love your response to the documentary, Carl, because, uh, yeah, Sean, in the documentary you do you do talk about, like, the attitude that a lot of people have of, like, 
if someone around them isn't drinking, it's it's like you know why aren't you drinking? Like yeah. people people question you if you're not having a drink. And I love you know Carl watching that and taking it in and in his head thinking this asshole better have a fucking drink in this documentary. Yes. I swear <laughs> to God, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just I, absolutely proving the point. I do like the conceit that you have at the start where uh, Sean, you're saying you know I need to know about alcohol because I have some teenage sons and I need to be able to you know what I'm saying when I'm giving them advice. Now look. That all sounds good, but when I was 17 and I was out on a friend's farm upside down on their mother's exercise equipment, sculling bottles of Drambuie, I wasn't sort of thinking, oh, what did my parents think about this? Was this a good or a bad thing? What did Dad say in his doco about yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. I don't think that I don't think at 17 you're at an age where you're really soaking yeah, in a lot of advice about alcohol from your parents. Because Sean, I, I think, heard on I radio. that's very true. I, th- I think that's very true. I think I think you know what I think a parent's job is to do is to draw these helpful lines which they know aren't going to stop anybody. It's, like, it's not like you're building a wall. You're just saying, hey, here's the line, here's the parental line, knowing full well that your children are going to step over it. But at least mm. they know they're stepping over a line. Yes, at least they right. know yes. that uh, you know, they're being, the they're being um, kind of outlaw. There's an outlaw uh, aspect to any child discovering things. But if you don't set any lines at all to cross, then mm. I think they could easily walk off a cliff. You've just kind a kind, I think you've got to kind of set these rules up knowing that they're going to be completely ignored, but at least, um, you know, they're aware, the children are aware they're, they're ignoring them. They're, they're aware that they're breaking rules. Yeah. They're aware that yeah, there are yeah, rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you make, the, you make the rules... Sorry, you make the you make the rules really, really stupid, and you draw the line really, really close, uh, so that uh, you know uh, if they do overstep, and they're not they're not going to walk off that cliff. Sean, I heard you saying on radio that one you had an argument with your son, and he called you a glorified clown. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't know. Is that true? Which one was it? Was the oldest one or the? It was yeah. my youngest boy. We were having a oh. disagreement about about something, and uh, you know, one of these uh, lines that I was uh, attempting to draw in the sand was, uh, you know, uh, we we were discussing that as it was being drawn, and uh, yes, I, I found that uh, the expression "a glorified clown," which I'm quite happy to call my autobiography that if I ever get around to writing <laughs> it, I, I quite like that as a title. That just struck me as being a very, very that was a very, very smart put down. I'm very proud of him. <laughs> yeah, it is good. I, I remember when there was a guy getting tiling work done across the road, and this older guy was out there doing, and he looked up at me and he goes, Oh, you're that. You're that clown. What's your name again? I said, "Oh, oh Dave O'Neill." He goes, "Yeah, you're a good. You're a good clown." I went, "No, I'm a com- I'm a comedian." He goes, "Yeah, you're a clown. Do you know Rags the clown?" I'm like, like "I don't know." How old was this guy? Oh, he was 65, and he kept talking. He goes, "Rags the clown. You must know him." I said, "Mate, it's di- comedians and clowns are different." He goes, so you like you tell jokes and that? I go, yeah. He goes, you're a clown. Wow. He was convinced I was a clown. This wow. guy. Well, he's not yeah. wrong, is he? No, yeah. he's not wrong. Yeah, but you, you. To be fair, you know the the scariest bit in the movie It isn't when Eddie Murphy comes up out yes, of the sewers. Doing stand up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I like the idea that the guidance that your son might take from this documentary is watching it, and you're trying to give advice about like responsible consumption and everything and then just the idea of your child watching it and just seeing someone doing a shoey and just yeah. going yeah that gives me an idea that's oh, my yeah. thanks ideas. dad that's my big takeaway yeah. yeah it is it, it yeah. interesting to see you Sean so you're, you're on the drink back in the day and, it, and it, it's it's enlightening I guess because you see you hear and see the bad things that happen to you under the influence of alcohol um, bit of a discovery you used to do theatre sports yuck <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, oh, embarrassing. that's embarrassing yeah. I know I 
I know. I wish people hadn't found out about it. I actually did the I actually did the ABC version. I know yes. you guys might have been very young when that was on back I, in nineteen eighty four. I remember I did it. I used to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's Glenn, pre, it's was Glenn, me. Glenn Nicholas in it? Was Glenn Nicholas in it? Or? Uh, Glenn wasn't in one of the teams. Glenn was actually, uh, he kind of hosted it uh, in yeah. South Australia. Actually, yeah. Jeffrey Rush hosted it too. Jeffrey Rush and oh, Glenn wow. hosted it. And uh, But on the TV show, Glenn Robbins was in one of the teams. Andrew Denton yeah. was in one of the teams. I think George Capagnaris was in one of the teams. There, there were some people who, you know, eventually went on to earn their living in a professional and less Shameful way than doing theatre sports, <laughs> uh, but we we got bounced we got bounced pretty early. I remember that we uh, we got uh, sent home uh, not being good enough. But then one of the guys, one of the judges, ended up being by the name of Paul Chubb, ended up being head of comedy at the ABC, and he was the first one to um, give me a job on the ABC um, oh, with the yeah. McCullough program. Oh, there you go. Okay. So yeah, I, what, I'm indebted to it for that reason. Yeah, I do. I did remember him from the clip. He used to be on. Some sort of he was a comedian, wasn't he? Paul Chubb. He was on some other. ABC he was an, he was an actor, well. wasn't he? Paul Chubb. Yeah, yeah he, he was an actor. He often played comic roles, though. I mean, in fact, you might yeah. remember there was a there was an ad for bread, which was sort of a like a uh, he was a, he was dressed like a medieval baker or something, and uh, there was a pig involved and a buxom woman, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, st- I'm starting to see why he became the head of ABC. Yeah. That is a, that is a pretty good qualification. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to feel so, like a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> he was in a few iconic movies. Movies too, poor Chubb, wasn't he? He played like he a was, redneck yeah. in something. Yeah, whoa. A- actually, yeah, actually, remember. I've completely got it wrong. Now it was Dennis Watkins who was the head of the ABC. Paul Chubb was the host. <laughs> These are two different guys. <laughs> oh, I, right. I was going to say, Paul say. Chubb sounds like the uh, Clark Kent alias of the Fat Loser. Yeah, yeah. Yes. before he uh, pre-fat before loser. he gets the ice cream cone. Yeah, his mild-mannered Paul Chubb. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. Before I, he slips on the radioactive <laughs> banana peel and becomes <laughs> fat loser. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad Shane Jackson turned up later in my career because he would have got all the roles that I had in the 2000s, like the Nugget. He would have definitely been the fat yeah. guy in the Nugget. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Now, part of the show that was, was right. well, Sean, mm. is um, what what. I did take my fancy in the first episode was that you discover the world of BNS balls, bachelor yeah. and spinster oh, balls, which God. because I am, like I said, I'm from Miraburra. It's a town of like 8,000 people. Um, it's a small town. And so a lot of people um, that I knew used to go to these balls um, to get violently drunk. And in fact, when you um, are discovering that, that world on, on your show, you are talking to a guy from Talbot. Now you pronounce it Talbot, which I'm surprised didn't get your bash there. But <laughs> I, I look because it is quite close to Meriburrah. Oh, I wow. looked this guy up on Facebook, and he is actually from Meriburrah. He's he's from the town uh, I'm from. Which um, oh, okay. Yeah, so not only did I discover that from looking up his Facebook page, I also discovered some very interesting views he has on the coronavirus at the moment <laughs> and uh, where it comes it's from conspiracy. and what we should be doing about it. So, yeah, that's very classic Mirabara <laughs> mentality. What an that's, engaged that's, for viewer, another, that's for another podcast. I'd be yeah. very interested yeah, yeah. in all that. What yeah. an engaged viewer just seeing people in the background of Shotgun. I wonder where they're from. Yeah. <laughs> just Googling. <laughs> but but very interesting world, the BNS balls. I mean, um, you know, you cover this on the show, but it's it, they're ostensibly for people, for city kids like you, Tommy, and mm. even you, Dave, um, they're for people that uh, are from remote communities oh, and just no. people way yeah. out on the farm. It was their only way of meeting anyone, um, you know, once a year or whenever it was. But now it's sort of just a, you know, obviously you've got better ways of meeting each other now, but it's still a very hugely populated oh, sort yeah. of uh, get-together and um, um, 
you know, I, what I was wondering, Sean, when you were shooting it was, you know, you're popping up and going in the gate at the start and coming out at the end or whatever. Did you actually camp there? Did you actually sort of, were you in this sort of, you know, very rural beer fest there for the whole time? God, I would think so. Well, the, the original plan was for me to, um, yeah, I mean, I spent a bit of time with, uh, with I, I kind of went with a couple of guys who uh, were very much looking forward to it. And the idea was that I would sleep in their ute. Um, yes, great. And, and then and be there for the whole day, all of the night, and then get up in the morning and have whatever passed for breakfast, you know, that was going yep. on there, just to just to see what the after effects was were rather. Um, and uh, it got to about ten o'clock. Like I was there all day, and there was a whole lot of stuff going on in the car park. There was uh, I don't think work? they were doing yeah. they were do- yeah, circle weren't doing work. circle work. I think that had been outlawed, but they were certainly lighting some fluid in their exhaust pipes, and you could see, you know, <laughs> oh, yes. huge projections of fire wow. coming out and. And Plus a lot of drinking, a lot of drinking going on, and then of course about eight o'clock you go into the um, portaloos and change, or rather I did, but I think most people just took their gear off and put their uh, dinner suits on and then their finery, and then you would go to this, uh, go to into the shed and uh, drink some more and throw food dye on each other, which is something that I didn't particularly want to happen because I don't know if you've oh. noticed, but I've got, I've got sort of uh, grey hair, and I knew what would happen would be that uh, I'd have green and red hair, <laughs> and uh, that would. <laughs> That would ruin yeah. the continuity for the rest of the show. I mean, I, I couldn't possibly, <laughs> I couldn't possibly. So I, I opted out of sleeping in the ute. I just right. went back to the hotel, and then we turned up again in the morning. So I didn't see people. I mean, certainly people were ticking over as a result of what they were drinking, and there were a lot of people there with V's written on their hand in texter, which which was to suggest that they this was their first drink. So their mm. first exposure to alcohol was ostensibly to consume too much of it. And uh, wow. whereas in, in other cultures, you know, like in ancient Greece, for example, it was considered a si- terrible embarrassment mm. for you to actually get drunk. Socrates prided himself on the fact that he could drink as much and never show any effects of it. But in Australia, at the BNS ball, uh, the idea is to get as complete and show yourself to be com- as completely drunk as you can. But what, what was really good and what was a really interesting lesson was that everybody had your back. No one was going to let you hurt yourself. They were certainly wouldn't let you drive home. They were going to make, and if you were, if you became ill, they were going to look after you. So that was something that maybe is a bit different, perhaps, than what would happen in the city. And indeed, yes. in the second episode, I go to the hospital, St Vincent's Hospital, and I see a whole bunch of people turn up on a Friday night who don't have people looking out for them, who might be found in the park or in the gutter or on the street Gosh. by police officers or ambos, and they bring them in to be looked after by strangers. That was a main difference for would, me. I, well, I, I thought I thought that would be interesting if you had been there for the rest of the night because my experiences with BNS balls is I'd never been to them but from my friends a lot of my friends would go and basically get as drunk as they could get as covered in mud as they can then wet themselves and see if they can still go home with a girl by the end of the night <laughs> now I, I don't know what Pythagoras had to say about that but yeah <laughs> I, like, I like this V thing on the did you have one of them when you went into prison? You should have had that. On oh there. yes! Oh wow! <laughs> well, I did spend a bit of time uh, later on in the in the series. I spent some time with the Straight Edge, uh, uh, some people from the Straight Edge movement. Have you heard of these guys? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Okay, so they they are vegan. They don't uh, they don't try and engage with you know corporate Australia in any way. They uh, they don't drink, but they really love uh, headbanging. Uh, sort of proto, no, not proto, oh, post-punk music. Yep. You know, they really yep. love that sort of. So they're doing all the things in a tiny little shop in Chapel Street that you would do at a punk. Uh, 
venue, uh, but they they're completely without any alcohol or drugs. And Christian I, I, or like Christian? Uh, sure, but they, or? No, no, but it's no, it's no. apparently not a prerequisite at all. But a lot a lot of them work in a lot of them are social workers. A lot of them work mm. in health food shops, that sort of thing. Uh, but they they put an X on your hand in uh, indelible, uh, as I found out, it was indelible uh, a kind of texture or, or black ink. So the, that X, that straight edge uh, sign was something that I... So I had the V on my hand and then, and then a couple of weeks later I had an X on my hand. <laughs> Tommy, I think you're talking about meeting new friends. I think straight edge is uh, for you. <laughs> Maybe I'll get into straight edge, vegan straight edge, yeah. I like Yeah, well, music, I, you know, I, I completely... Even though, even though the, the the meat side, the consuming meat side of the thing wasn't a, wasn't something we discussed greatly, it was mainly the alcohol. I did find, and I have not consumed since um, any pork. They were talking to, oh. talking to me about gestation crates and things, and I did actually look a bit of that up. And uh, and uh, Dave, I'm sorry to tell you this, but uh, you know, I, do, I wouldn't advise it for you because you don't you like quite like a bit of bacon and pork, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yes. Don't, don't, yeah. don't learn. Don't learn too much about how the pork comes to you. Anyway, I, right. I, I haven't had pork since, and I have had very little red meat since. It was that was just one of the, one of the wow. uh, things that I ended wow. up uh, thinking cut, about a bit more. Cut pork out and get back on the grog. I reckon. Dave. <laughs> so no, you, are, you are very interesting in that, Dave. That you do not drink. Now, I've always thought of you as as maybe someone with a bit of a. Uh, a limited palate, like a childlike palate, because you love your your lollies and your chips yeah. and all yeah. of that sort of. Yeah. You're the sort of person I think that your wife probably doesn't allow you to do the the family shopping because you're going to come back with a shopping basket full of burger rings. Yes, absolutely. Gobble bliss bombs. Absolutely true. Right. Absolutely true. The kids have got this book called. With Huckle the Cat, you know Huckle the Cat from Richard Scarry. Do you know, yeah. what, I know Richard Scarry? What yeah. people do all day, and Huckle the Cat is the main character, and it's, they've got a picture book called The Best Accident Ever, where Huckle is sent down the shop, and he's got to buy oranges, potatoes, and he comes back with orange juice, potato chips, right. and they say, oh, that, my kids say that's like Daddy going <laughs> shopping, right? Because I do, yeah, yeah. My, my wife is very. Because she claims. So if, there was, if Portello was alcoholic, I think you'd be right on it. Oh, but, exactly. but I think that you would de- definitely be a person that would just genuinely not like the taste of beer and so sort of go, well, what's the point of doing it? Yeah, and also I think if I drank beer, how fat would I be? The right. biggest loser would be double the size. Right, Because right. yeah. I, I get really fat. <laughs> so I save my calories for bad food. Yeah. I think what right. it is. Okay. But she- my, my wife always say, also claims that when I met her, I was skinny. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was mean, skinnier. Fat Loser wasn't that fat, I didn't think, on the, in the scares. Yeah, when I met Sean, I wasn't that fat, was I, Sean? I wouldn't have said no. If someone said, uh, who's the, this new friend of yours? Can you describe him to me? I wouldn't have used that word. Um, <laughs> he's a loser, you often, but he's uh, fat. You often cite your, uh, your identical twin brother, don't you? As a, yes. You, you kind of use him, use him as a comparison. Glenn, Glenn he's yeah. very Glenn, skinny, very skinny. Glenn's quite yeah. svelte, but I, I would have thought, mm. Dave, when I met you, you, you would have certainly, uh, you would have weighed, you certainly weighed less than what I weigh, weigh, weigh now. I would have thought. Yeah, mm. I, 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 I remember know. weighing myself in 1988, and I weighed 88 kilos. I remember that. Was that the last it, time? Because it was 80. Because it was the same <laughs> number as the year. <laughs> that's that's the bicentennial year. That's pretty patriotic. 88. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Sean, I love the idea of these vegan straight edge guys hearing you talk about how you've, you know, you've gone off the pork and getting off the red meat since you hung out with them, and them just thinking, "Fuck, we've landed a big one here, fellas!" Yeah. Like, what a what a trophy for them to have, like converting 
potentially converting Sean McAuliffe to veganism would for, be a first Husey, now you. It was it was pretty interesting because I, they didn't really talk about it at all. It was just something that I just didn't have an appetite for afterwards. It was just like being around people. Kind of, there was this weird energy that came off, and uh, yeah, I just re- haven't really had an appetite for it since. That, that is very funny that for people to say to you, "Oh, so you did your three-part show on alcohol and, and how bad it is? What did you learn out of it?" Oh, yeah, I gave up pork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure you watched the sh- your own show properly, there, Sean. <laughs> well, I'd already yeah. given up alcohol anyway, so I, you know, I figured yeah. maybe it was that. Maybe I did feel like I have to give up something. I have to have learned a lesson and then deny myself something. <laughs> so, uh, what's the next thing on the list? Oh, here we go. Here's uh, here's, yeah. here's some pork. All right, that's yeah. off. Yeah. Well, after putting all those hours into um, making the documentary and thinking about alcohol and talking about alcohol, I'd be interested in your assessment of me because I, I watched the documentary, the first episode that we got sent, really, really enjoyed it. A lot of, um, you know, lots to think about on both a personal level and a broader societal level. And uh, yeah, some, some pretty like grim stories in there as well. But my big takeaway, especially in the back end of it as I was watching was like, just sitting there thinking to myself, God, I'm going to absolutely murder a cold one at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? Is that good or bad? I think I don't I, – uh, that's fine. I think, I think if, you, if you go away – I mean, everyone should have a choice as to whether they, they uh, uh, you know, want to have a drink or not. But I guess if people know a bit more about it and, and have thought about it – because I think one of the things that I wanted to address was the, the unconscious – I'll just move my hand over here and there'll be a beer or a drink, Mm. you know, at a party. To go there, as I did as an 18-year-old, and just unthinkingly unthinkingly, um, consume alcohol without even really ever addressing it as to why I was doing it or, or, you know, whether it was a good idea or not. I think if, if, like, families or kids or, you know, adults watch this and go, oh, I didn't know that about alcohol, I'll give it some thought next time I actually pick up a drink. Then that's enough, you know. The yeah. fact that it's such a such an ingrained, unconscious act that we—it's like breathing. It's I, like I've, having I've a handful always, of chips. I've always thought this, Sean. I've always thought it's so, such a bizarre idea that, like, for me to say last night I had twelve beers, and I would say in my group of friends, people would go, "Okay." But if I said I last night I had twelve creaming sodas, yeah, yeah. we go wow, what yeah. the fuck happened? Yeah, like there's true. no there's no sort of yeah. questioning. Beer seems true. to be the only liquid you can drink that much of. Number and people that go, yeah. that's fine. But if you drink anything, anything approaching that volume of any other drink, that is absolutely bizarre. <clears throat> Sean, what are you going to give up next? Oh, like, um, so you're giving up alcohol, pork. I reckon comedy. All right. What? No. Someone wants a big white man hole in the ABC lineup. Someone's got a new show to pitch. But you know, you know when comedians occasionally don't say they're not a comedian anymore? Like when the Doug Anthony All Stars would do a serious song, you know, on the big gig, and you're like, what the oh, fuck yes, is this? Yes, yes. I think, Sean, you should just come out in the, in the Herald Sun no longer, just serious roles from now on. You know those guys that do that? Well, Angus, I think Samson maybe, did. Well, Angus Samson did. I'll do it. it. So I'll do it. I'll do it roles. Hannah Gadsby style and become even yes. more famous. Apparently, <laughs> yes, yes. I'll, I'll do that. No, I've yeah. not. I've no desire to play Hamlet. I, I don't think that's going to be a sensible thing. I think there are plenty of better actors out there, you know, than than me. So I and. To be honest with you, I've always regarded myself as a technician of comedy. I've, I, there are far funnier people out there, but I, I, I kind of know how the machine works in terms of 
of maybe putting it onto tape on television. I think I've probably got that ability now that I've been around for a few years. Mm. And you know what I would really love to do next? I, I will eventually yeah. just Hang not on, be on guess? television. Hang on, Oh, yeah, I thought on. you were going to say rock and roll. I just, you know, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's what, no. That's what Conan Co- Co- O'Brien I, did. I think I want to eventually, I want to eventually kind of recede, as, as should be the case. I, I would just recede from uh, being in front of the camera, and actually, you know, I would like to help produce um, a sh- kind of showcase for a whole lot of young comedians who. I think in this COVID age, aren't going to get the opportunity that you, that we have all had to perform in front mm. of a live audience in a theatre or a venue. I think I think we're going to have to retool our expectations on television to accommodate it. But I think a lot there's going to be a lot of kids out there who just never will know what it is like to perform in front of an audience of uh, a couple of thousand people. So you're going to open up a theatre restaurant? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Milo's. I'm, I'm gonna, Milo's. Milo's. <laughs> <laughs> Mad as hummus yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Great. Because, you know, Skipper from Gilligan Island, after Gilligan Island, Gilligan's Island, couldn't get any work. So he opened up a restaurant called Skipper's and would walk around on the floor with the hat on and say Gilligan oh, and stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Great. Just, just well, that'd be good. I'm happy to do that. Well, kind of, okay, Rocky did that. Didn't Rocky have a restaurant by the, by the last, the last yes. film in the series? <laughs> he had a yes. restaurant called Adrian's and yes. he'd go around and he'd, he'd have photos <laughs> taken with people. Yeah, and do cracked pepper and stuff. That, that's, like, that's, one of my, that's my wife. One of her favourite movies for so many inexplicable reasons. Wow. So it's it's on high rotation on our TV, and I and and like you with your problem with Shawshank Redemption, I'm always like watching it, going, how is this guy who's so famous and he was a heavyweight champion, how is he not? Doing public speaking at the very least and earning thousands of dollars, and instead he's going around endorsements, and like, like yeah, bringing out people's entrees and stuff yeah. in this <laughs> shitty <laughs> little restaurant. Yeah, I mean the that's reality why, is he'd, prob- he, he'd probably Rita be president Hayworth of the United up. States. Yes. All right. Well, we better uh, wrap it up for another week on the Little Dum Dum Club. Sean, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, check out uh, Sean McCall's On the Source Tuesdays on the ABC for the next two weeks and on iView. Um, yeah, the first episode is uh, really great. It's also the thing I found very interesting about watching it is like it's a very bizarre thing to come out at this current point in time where. I think a lot of people have never had more reason to just be getting absolutely leathered on the couch every night of the week. Mm. There's, there's very there's very few reasons for a lot of people to say no at the moment. And oh. also, seeing footage of you out on like a party bus and like in a packed venue is just like, it's like water torture. It's, it's oh. bizarre. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, this, no, but, but very true because I reckon I never ever drink at home. I'm a, I'm a social drinker. I don't drink by myself. I drink in pubs. But last night I went and bought, bought my first slab since I was a teenager, I honestly think, and I was legitimately surprised at how much it is. I reckon the last slab I bought was $25. Yeah, $24. Last night yeah. I paid $55 for Ooh. a slab. And not so. a, we can sort of go into it, but didn't you get, did you get, is this the thing where someone was messaging and you got someone else to get it for you? Very no. much like a teenager yes. as well. <laughs> no, so a fan of, a listener is currently buying me a slab of beer on the other side of town. <laughs> Great. An, old, an older kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think, I think next week on Tuesday, you know, when the, when the documentary Documentary airs. I think. I think. Go out, buy a slab, 
and sit there and uh, watch the BNS ball footage, and it'll feel like you're there. It'll be kind yeah, of a yeah. vicarious experience. Yeah, piss, piss your own pants, roll around in the garden, and uh, that'll feel like a BNS ball. Oh, yeah, let's do one of those watch parties on Facebook where we just get absolutely <laughs> maggot while we're yeah, watching yeah, Hep yeah. 2 yeah, yeah. on the side. Yeah, every yeah, time s- they drink, you drink. Skull yeah. a beer every time a really bad fact about how much drinking beer is bad for you yeah. appears mm. on screen. <laughs> yeah. Every time a, a mentor of li- uh, liver damage comes up, you have to skull a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, and uh, Dave, you've got your suite of podcasts. Yeah, I interview Sean on the on the debrief, but I've got a new podcast with Kitty Flanagan called The Junkies about snack food. Yeah, because she's a snack food aficionado. Wow. Called The like Junkies. Who guessed? Who, who was guessing Greg Fleet instead of Kitty Flanagan there for a second? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave, can you next time you do this episode uh, with Junkies with Kitty, could yeah. you ask her? Because she used to have a bag of sugar in her cupboard in her kitchen. And she would just eat the sugar. What? Oh, my ask God. Her, <laughs> ask, ask her about, about that. that. All right, I will. Do. Wow. Because she loves sugar. She absolutely yeah. loves sugar. I think save that and for an airport you've run out of lollies to cover. Yeah, and you just cover it sugar. straight yeah. sugar. Yeah. Well, it is a... It is a cover f- that. Use that in stage six of the lockdown <laughs> where you can't get any lollies. Just go pure and, sugar. And it is a, the Fattest Loser reunion because she was the woman in the first Fat Loser sketch who when I walked into the gym, oh. I said, I'm here for my assessment. And she goes, you're a fat loser. <laughs> It's good wow. stuff. Wow. It's wow. really Full good circle. stuff. Full circle. <laughs> Couldn't do that now. Wow. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See, see you, mate. Yeah, see you, And they've done it again. Mm, two, truer words have been spoken. There are truer things than that, but these are also true words that have been spoken. Hmm. That's one new saying that I'm, that I'm trying to get going. That's a good. That's mm. an interesting thing. Uh, the, the degrees of truth that there are, yeah. because they, they've done it again. That's perfectly true. I, I wouldn't think that it gets more true than that. You can't. Well, you can't have something true. You say, you know what you said. That's just true. But here's something that's truer. Yeah. So it's, it's either true or not. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. That's, yeah. That's saying. I'm cancelling that, that phrase. <laughs> yeah, I'm me too. It's it. out. Yep. It's out. Boy, that, can- um, that that phrase touched me on the bottom, and I'm cancelling it. That's pretty it. um. Pretty crystal clear Zoom connection we've got on Talking Dum Dum this week, don't you think? Mm, No lag whatsoever. I know. It's because I've got uh, 17G. Uh, Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, It's the new uh, emergency podcast uh, frequency. So you've got ultra corona as a result of that. A new strain. Bill Gates has moved in. (laughs) COVID-57. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm way ahead of everyone else. (laughs) Woo! I got the patch. I updated the COVID. But, uh, yeah, great to have uh, McAuliffe back, especially since the time I had asked him about doing the podcast previous to this, mm. he'd said that he'd sworn off doing podcasts yeah. forever. <laughs> and we'd, and th- then we'd noted um, how many other podcasts he'd then done yep. after that. Yep. Going, oh, you know, he's he's one of these guys. He's on my uh, only a mini sort of list of people that have been hard to get on again and we've sort of thought, what mm, – I don't think they enjoyed the last time they were on or something like that and just sort of wondered well, he, what we could do to fix it. Or In his email to me, which I think was like two years ago or something, he said basically, he's like, yeah, I just don't feel like I ever do very good on them. I'm, I'm, I can't really work out how to do them, so I don't really want to do them anymore, mm. which is, that's a, that's a fair enough like reason, even though... I read it and I was like, what are you talking about? You've always been great at it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure people listening would agree. Like, people love hearing from him. Yep. I think he just felt like he didn't, you know, it's outside of the 
realm of what he's because he's such a writer. You know what I mean? He's yep. not. He's not. But also, you're used allowed, to getting in and riffing. You're you're also allowed to not want to do podcasts and waste your life like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Which which we sometimes have to remind ourselves that it's it's not an emergency service. It's no. not people aren't owed their time to us. Um, but you know, people like that, we'd we'd love to have on. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, uh, if he, if he truly doesn't believe that he he's very good at it, um, that's a shame because you know everyone wants to hear from him and we have fun talking to him. But mm. it's, it's also a nice thing to say if you just can't be fucked dealing with two fucking idiots <laughs> that are a fair bit beneath you. So yeah, that's pretty. That's fair. that's allowed as well. Yeah. Um. You know, there there conceivably, believe it or not, people at home, there are people beneath us that we don't particularly want to deal with either. So mm. it's sort of you know it goes around, it goes yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, um, but very thankful that he wanted to hop on. And like we said, we we've watched the um, part one of the documentary as well. Um, Sean McCullough on the source, and we enjoyed it uh, much so. So um, yeah, get onto that. Have a have a bit of a uh, watch of that on iView if you haven't already started watching it yeah. on the ABC. Thank you to the ABC publicity department for sending us special links that mm. had to be accessed through our own. Couldn't just be forward. It couldn't just be sent to me and then forwarded it to you. They needed your direct. Oh, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made yeah. me feel like a fucking code breaker. Plugged into the mainframe mm. there. Um, yeah, and look, it, that just proved to me that a lot of people um, th- that say very bad things about ABC publicity, it's you know, it's not always true. Uh, I've heard a lot of very, very bad things about that department. Yeah, but a lot um, of. Uh, I don't think I've. You know what? Now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever heard anything good about the ABC <laughs> from anyone that we know. Who's been gainfully employed by well, them over the years? Yeah, they're certainly not from a Ronald Chang friend of ours, mm. um, who seems to be very upset at the fact they commissioned his own TV show. Mm. Um, yeah, they certainly missed a trick there and, and did the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're bad people. Yeah. Bad, bad orange TV company. And you know, happy to happy to keep taking money from them to appear on their programs, <laughs> in spite of the fact that they're good enough to bury the hatchet after him. Yep. Just sledging them online repeatedly. He's currently on one of their shows right yeah. now after fucking absolutely bad. Taking a them. bit of money. Yep. Is he doing any publicity for them? Is nah. he promoing it in any way? Nah. Nah. Not nah. what not what you think you're getting when you sign some talent. You know, you probably think, oh, he'll, you know, chuck a few tweets up. This will yep. be good. You get a marquee name. Yep. You'd hope that that marquee name is going to lead people towards this show. Yep. No such luck. No, nah, poor old Ronnie. They forced him into making a TV <laughs> show and forced him into not making it that great. And um, <laughs> I guess the point that we're trying to make is great to chat to McAuliffe again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Let's blame it on him. All those, all mm-hmm. those opinions that we've just personally had out of our own brains. But yeah, speaking of uh, the documentary on the source, which we did, uh, we did both very much enjoy. Um, I've got a follow up from, uh, and I've also I, w- I watched um, Ursula Carlson's special. Just me just, too. Just so you know, at home when we plug something, where I can't think of a good example of something we've plugged where we haven't enjoyed it. I guess we horrible we, bosses. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Actually, yeah, it was fine. No, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Definitely liked it. Um, but yeah, it, fuck, as ripped from today's headlines. Uh, <laughs> fuck, that yeah. was about what eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. What's something that we would have anyway? Yeah, but I, I, so. I watched it too and really enjoyed it. And mm. uh, you remember last week we were talking about my parents watching it and my yes. parents not in your partner, your wife finding um, the language o- overhearing part of it and finding it to be mm. too crude. Mm. And uh, my parents not enjoying The Crown on Netflix. And so I got a, I finally got a follow-up um, from them, having watched it. Uh, we watched Ursula last night. 
She was very entertaining, but as you know, we don't think the dirty stuff is very funny. Mm. So there you go. Wow. There you have it. But um, I might. I'll get them to. They're you know they're fans of McAuliffe. I might get them to watch uh, this. Th- this can be the new thing from now on. I'll get my parents to watch on the source and get them to stack that up against the crown. Right. Can you just what are you t- looking for? I'm, I've just misplaced something that I wanted to talk about. So okay. I've just got to check my bag. So okay. Yeah. You can just take it from here for one second. Tommy. Okay. Um, you know, well, you know what? I'll set this up. I, um, for the first time, for the first official time, we're about to do uh, physical dumb mm. dumb mailbag. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So this is exciting. This is uh, for anyone. Just joining us, we have the P.O. Box, which is, uh, which is now in action. Um, it's, been, it's been open for about, what, like a week? I mean, we put it out on the show a week or two ago now. It's so about a week and a half at the yes. time that we're recording this. Yep. Just over a week. So I just checked the mailbag on the way in, thinking, well, new episode. Maybe we, we, might, be, uh, we might need a little bit of content. We'll see yep. how we go. And I was thinking, well, maybe I should... Do I put mailbag in the in the main episode? Do I put it in talking dum dum? I thought it was a bit a bit silly maybe to put it in with McAuliffe. So um, it yeah. require too much um, explanation and whatever. So we'll we'll save it for talking dum dum. Um, okay, so not not a not a good um, not a um, symbolic good start, I guess. I went in to open the the post box and it didn't open. It's wedged itself shut. By the way, I was going to say, because you gave me the key, my key for it yep. on the air. Yep. It's a shame we couldn't have had some kind of like secret society thing where we both, missile code style, where yes. we have to like both turn our keys at the yep. same time to get it open. Yes. Because the, the post box is nowhere near where I live. So no. it would just be me having to make a very inconvenient trip to meet yes. you at the post box that's around the corner from your house. Absolutely. Um, so went there, tr- tried to open it up. Absolutely not being allowed to open it up. Will not. I, I was like sitting there and going, "Am I going crazy? Did I have I been publicising the, the wrong, wrong address Great. the whole time?" So I started trying to open up other people's mailboxes, and they wouldn't open up as well, which proved nothing. That's a good look. Yeah, That's yeah. a good look for someone to find you just yeah. going through someone else's mail. Yeah. Now the mail, the mail room at Hawthorne West, um, it's its own private little room where you've got to use your key to open up the, the door. So it's this tiny little skinny little room. Okay. With the post boxes in there. That's nice to know that our bags of anthrax and feces are going to be completely mm. secure from exactly. the outside world. Exactly. So um, I'm in there, like, just frigging around with this post box, going mental, going, what, the, what, what am I, how am I getting a key wrong? A yeah. key in a fucking hole wrong. Meanwhile, the line's building up outside the, the room because they, they, they don't want to get in close Oh, it's one in, one out. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. So it's building up and I'm going, fucking, ah, and like there's people sticking their heads in going, I'll, I'll go for a walk. I'll come back later. I right, saw you put right. an Instagram video of the of it up on the socials, which I'm yep. sure was very much appreciated yes. by the next person in the yes. line, just watching you go live in there. Absolutely. <laughs> and I wanted to put a video of like me opening it and, and seeing what was in there. And then I'm like, <laughs> I've, I've opened it up and then gone, taken a while to get in there and then gone uh, and then opened it up and gone oh there's stuff in there mm. oh, I should have had that as a cool video reveal mm-hmm. alright I'll close it I'll open it up again now cue 10 minutes of me trying to reopen it and not being able oh to oh my god so then me having to go into the post office and go the key it, 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 it doesn't work he's like it doesn't work at all like well it, it did work once well, what do you mean well I opened it up and I saw the stuff in but then I closed it <laughs> He's like, well, why did you close yeah. it? Yeah, and then I wanted oh, to go no. back in. Yeah, I, I thought there might have been some new mail in the <laughs> three seconds since I'd closed it. Yeah, so then I'm like, oh, but now it doesn't work. 
what? So do you want the? Do you want me to open? It? Do you want? Do you just want them? Are you leaving the mail in there? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, get me the mail. I, I want to get in there. So then they're having to re- replace everything now. Apparently, once they, they checked it and went, oh, this is all fucked. We have to replace all of it. Oh so, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so wow. Not a good start. Not a great. Not an ideal start um, at all. But look, there's more bad stuff to come. Don't worry. Um, so then got into the mail. Um, now, couple pieces of mail. Here yep. we go. To yep. start with now. Look at this, Tommy. I'm going to show you this this first a- envelope right mm-hmm. now, and I, I want you to tell me what what's going on here. You okay. can give me the full address. You can give me initial reactions. You can you okay. can give me anything. Yep, yep. Okay, so it's been opened. Um, okay, Mr. K. Chandler and Mr. T. H. Alsop, P.O. Box six zero six three Hawthorne West, and the uh, the the what do you call it? The insignia, branded envelope. The, 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 the insignia brand, yeah, branded yeah. envelope. Victoria Police. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so you've looked at you've looked at this already. Yep. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Let's go on here. Now, my initial thoughts were, how how is someone fining me for speeding? Yeah. With <laughs> this way, this quickly. Being subpoenaed for yeah. a podcast. But then, with your name attached, I'm like, oh great. Well, if I'm going down, okay. At least he's going down with me. All right. So here we've got notice to the victim. Important information. Now this is official. Police branded stationery. This yeah, is yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a victim yeah. report or something, isn't it? Yeah. This is a this is real deal stuff. This is uh, this is your copy of the report made to the police. Please keep it. Um, the police will do their best to find the person responsible. Police investigations can take some time to complete. Uh, the compl- the police will ask you if you wish to be kept informed about the progress of your case, etc. Uh, etc. Et the police investigator looking after your case is. And then in ballpoint pen, it's been filled out. PC comedy. Yep. <laughs> no, uh, no email or telephone number. Uh, report by member name PC comedy. Member reg number six nine six nine. Member station Maryborough. Mm-hmm. Report date tenth of the seventh, twenty twenty. Report time fifteen hundred hours. Principal victim family name Chandler slash Alsop brackets Dasilo. Incident number, if available, 69696969969. Very nice. Brief summary of incident, defecating in a public place. <laughs> Stolen property, total value, uh, not not applicable. Damaged property, total value, not applicable. All right. You, you don't need to read out the things that aren't and filled in, by the way. And then that's that's it. That's yep. all that's been filled. And that's then there's just a lot of information down the bottom about the victims of crime helpline. Yep. <laughs> so this, so um, Constable Comedy has taken this report... Mm. And, but when it says victim name, it, that's our names. Yeah. And then the incident is defecating in a public place. Mm. But we're the victims. We've so been that, defecated that, on. That, yeah, that says to me, you and I were lying down, having yeah. one of our classic lie down on the footpaths and someone's come along and shit on our heads. Well, And we're filing the report going, someone shit on us. You've got to catch this. Well, the, I guess the story I told was like me shitting in my own pants there a few weeks back. So I guess I was a victim. You're the of victim it. and the crime. There wasn't any other victim apart from me. But then what have I got to do with it? I Why am know. I being dragged in? I don't know. I was a self-inflicted wound. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I can go to the police and dob myself in. Did you honestly have a moment of thinking that that what when you saw that envelope? Mm. Did you think that was going to be a real thing? D- definitely for a second, I'm like, I've had enough of these in the past that. I recognise the envelope. Same, and but and seeing my actual name on there, I was like, "Fuck, this is legit." Yeah, this is like we've actually done something yep. podcast related. Yes. on the on the show that we are being chased by the cops for. Yes. Um. So 
yeah, look, that that is very clearly um, what, what I have to say after all of that is um, ACAB. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> defund the police, guys. Yep. If they're going to waste the stationery like that, so do not give them money. So that's great because this, so this has come, this has to have come from. Uh, from, because I, from inside the force. But yeah, I, li- I quite we like... Have, we the, do have listeners in the force. Yeah, uh, but I quite like the idea that someone has turned up at the police station and gone, I'd like to fill out an incident report and I'd sort of like to just do, do it all at home myself if possible. Yeah. If you can just give me the form in the envelope, <laughs> I'll take it home and then send it off myself. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was an inside job. Mm. Inside job. We do have we do have listeners on the force. Um, so constabulary. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, thank you for um, for pranking us beautifully. That's a good and, one. Um, yeah, that's a good. Hey, that's the first uh, the first official item ever in Dum Dum mailbag. Yes. Dum Dum PO box mailbag, and a pretty good one. Yep. I dare say it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah. No. Very good. Very good. Um, uh, now we had two pieces in there today. Yep. Now um, I feel like this is not completely out of our wheelhouse or my wheelhouse. In saying this, now that's number one. Number two, I've just realised I think I've lost it from the from between the post box and here. Your ability to lose things is astounding. Yeah, it's a, like I I think I think I'm sometimes pretty bad at it, but you you are like next. I think you I'll lose things about like, where the fuck is that, and then eventually find it. You seem to have an ability to lose things, and then they're just just gone forever. Yeah, well, that's what lose means. But yeah. Um, I don't. I honestly, I think it's gone. But look, having said that, how? Oh, I fu- hang on. I've got it. Okay. I've got it. Fuck. Right. The one pocket I didn't check. Thank fuck for that. Phew. Because I was trying to retrace my steps in my head. I was thinking. Right. On the way here, I stopped to get a sandwich mm-hmm. at a place that you've recommended to me. Um, yeah. Not too long ago, that I now go, possibly four times a week. Mm-hmm. I think at the moment. Um, but given, you know, we, we're all aware of like what's happening in the world at the moment and especially in Melbourne what's happening and, and everything that's going down or whatever. I, I There's a new level of it today where I I went there. You're not allowed to go inside the cafe. You're sort of ordering and then everyone's standing outside. There's a little window where people are getting coffees. I'm waiting for my sandwich. So there's a bunch of people standing around self-distancing, waiting for their name to get called mm-hmm. out, whatever. So I'm standing there waiting. Um, I've got a tissue. I went to blow my nose pulled the tissue away, blood started absolutely pissing out of my nose as that happens. Then you just see the next level of people's reactions because everyone's already, they they know how to react to like sneezes and sniffles Well, first of all, you no mask on. So that's probably baseline. People are like, fuck this guy. Then the tissue's making an appearance and they're like, this is absurd. This is absolutely unreal. The people around me didn't have masks on, but. Right. So then blood coming out. They're probably, it's like relieved. It's like. Thank well, God. No, the opposite. Fuck this guy. The opposite. The opposite. They're like, I think they're acclimatized to what happens, how to react if there's a sneeze or a sniffle. Blood starts pissing out of my nose. They're like, what the fuck? Is this a symptom we didn't even know about? What the right. f- How the fuck is this working? So they were noticeably just jumping out of the way then. Well, the the good thing about where this is happening too is that that sandwich shop is like two doors down from a hospital. Ah, uh, yes. So yeah. it's like, you're, if I'm standing there, if I see something like that, I'm like, off you go. Yeah, it's yeah, right. Yeah. I don't need to do anything here. I don't yeah, need to call yeah. you an ambulance. Just yeah. fucking yeah. Just walk. Yeah, it's right there. So they weren't, they weren't super wrapped. They were they were treating my blood nose like worse than a fucking you know worse than any sort of COVID symptoms yeah. or whatever. They're like, 
We don't know what the fuck this guy's got, but hopefully this sandwich mops it up. Yeah, I went to um, I went to get a COVID test the other day, and there was a guy in the line. Oh, there were multiple people in the line, not wearing a mask. Yep. Great stuff. You really do love to see it. Yep. So we've got this uh, we've got this second uh, item here. That uh, oh, oh, sorry, you you're giving the intro now. I thought you were telling a story about the line. Um, yes. Yeah, so now it's the second item. We've got a little parcel. Mm-hmm. Um. Someone from the, we've got the 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 history of who who sent it on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just says from someone called A dot where where e. Okay. From a place in Western Australia called Path. Okay. Um, now this is something I've had to then look up because it's, a, it's what a little, the item is. The item is okay. Because you look at the parcel and you go, I don't fucking know what this is. But anyway, it's a little product we've been sent called Norit. If you can see that, Tommy, a little, a little yellow yep. little box of it's some sort of medicinal. School. I just Googled it. What is Norit used for? Charcoal is used to treat stomach pain caused by excess gas, diarrhea, or indigestion. Ah, uh, okay, right. Um, it's also used to relieve itching related to kidney dialysis treatment and treat poisoning or drug overdose. So this is, I presume this is a bit of, um, instead of stretching before I run, I just pop just a Norit. Just chuck one of them in. Yeah. yeah. This is a, you know... Finish with a bit of Lucas Aid, but start with a bit of Norit. Imagine if you hadn't have told that story on the podcast the other month. What kind of things do you think we'd be getting in this mailbox at this point? Because oh. so far, 100% of them yes. are, defi- are defecation <laughs> related. Guys, if you've got, like, happy to see it, but if you've got any ideas for stuff to post us that's not related to Carl shitting insel- yeah. himself, feel free to send yeah, it yeah, through. Yeah. I, look, you've got to react to what we're giving out there, though. That's fair. That's yeah, very fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we're not going to do anything more notable than shitting our pants, then... Um, Can't wait for some adult diapers to turn up in there. Yes. Um, so, thank, thank you to everyone who's um, contributed to the physical mailbag. Yep. That, let's, let's close up the, the dum-dum physical mailbag for this week. for another week. Um, thank you. Again, Little Dum Dum Club, P.O. Box 6063. Of course, we know what that means. 60 plus 6 plus 3 equals 69. Mm-hmm. Hawthorne West, 3122. Yep. Uh, thank you. Um, now, next order of business, of course, is uh, thank you to everyone who contributes to the show on, on Patreon. Yes. Patreon slash d- uh, dot com, com slash, slash little, little dum dum, dum club. club. Um, thank you to everyone who does that. Not only new people, but old people that have been keeping on, keeping on, contributing for ages. Appreciate it very much, especially in these times where uh, this is our only income. Mm-hmm. Um Thank you for for putting ba- uh, food in my baby's mouth. Good for you. Um, and of course, not only do you get a, f- a audio thank you in the form of what I've just said, but you get some f- some physical thank yous in terms of um, bonus episodes, which you're getting a lot of at this time, especially if you're in major lockdown in, in certain places around the world, including a little burg that we certainly happen to be living in just at, at the moment, Podcast yep, City. Very familiar with it. Um, so if you're podcast really city is on stage sixty nine at the yes, moment. Yes, absolutely. So if you're in um, dire straits like that, and you and the only thing keeping you alive is you know two half hour bonus episodes a, a week, you're absolutely welcome. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and of course, you're getting a lot of that pumping pumped out at the moment. So jump on if you if don't be scared if you've ever wanted to to dip your toe in the water. Now's a good time. You, there's a lot of shit there that you can download. Um, and we, we put some effort in. We've got some great guests on. We've got, you know, a lot of the times the episodes are more fun than the normal episodes. Yeah. Um, and, of course, thank you 
we want to officially thank people by name. We're getting along to getting around to everyone eventually. Hopefully, that's the dream. And we do that every week. We try and read out as many names as humanly possible. It's, uh, you know, we've we're testing the endurance of humankind by how many names we read out. Yeah, so there's, absolutely. There's no one. We've we've we're the sort of guinea pig. We're the canary down the the mine shaft. Um, no one. This is as many names as you can read out. Yeah. This is this is it. This is as high as numbers go. Yeah. So uh, we'll continue to push those boundaries this week. Um, with help from the uh, unplanned title alternative, of course, just to keep things um, shipshape and fair and square. Um, thank you. Let's let's name a few, Tommy. Let's, okay, uh, sure. Hit the big red Fire button it up. and uh, get get thanking. Yep. Get thanking or get, get dying. Get your thanking pants on. Get thanking or get dying, as they said in the uh, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much to Patreon subscriber. First cab off the rank, Pete Beaumont. Pete Beaumont. Mm. Is this one of the... Uh is this one of the missing ones? Oh, is this one Have of the missing... Have we located one of the Beaumont missing... Children. The Beaumont children. Well, you've... You know what? You've slipped up. You've you've <laughs> you've been in hiding for decades. Yeah. And uh, you thought you'd get away with it. You think the heat's off. Yeah. You know what? I can I can chip into a... Yeah. I can chip into a Patreon of a podcast. Yeah. They're, they're thinking... Well, they, they don't read out that many names in their opinion. You know, you, you'll never get around to mine. But, wow, you slipped up. You've really fucked yourself here. So, you you might have been living down a well for about 60 years. Um, I'm surprised you... you if you're living down a well, if you're hidden that much, I'm surprised that one of the few communications with the world you're doing is with this podcast. Yeah. But, you know, hey. It's pretty brazen. Yeah. Like we said, we've had people in prison listening to us. Why not people missing and hidden for 60 years? Mm. Um, ha- hope the well's treating you well. Um, hope that... Uh, how uh, many I, of them are there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they get earning money. Yeah. I don't know if you can be professionally hidden. Yeah. Do you earn money from being hidden from... from I guess, I guess there's insurance payouts, I guess. There's, um, you know... Is Would it insurance pay out if you're never actually found, though? I don't think it will. I imagine that's a way a lot of some people get fucked out of, like, life insurance yeah, things, right? Yeah, but at some stage you've got to be called... Like, if you're... The government or whatever have got to classify you as dead at some stage. They can't... No one... They don't just go, Ah, oh, no, he's still alive 60 years later. At some stage you've got to... Put a line under it. Yeah, but insurance companies are notoriously looking for any way to not pay out. Right. I'm sure there's a clause in there of like, unless the body turns up, mm. you don't get Jack's claw. Yeah, but if the government have s- declared someone dead... Why are the government they, getting involved? Well, because you've got to have everything sort of tidied away and ship Like, the government just go, oh, you guys work it out if someone's dead or not. Yeah, but I reckon... I reckon insurance companies would have a... Someone listening will know this. Insurance companies would have a thing in the policy where it's like, no body... No payout. Yes. So yeah, that that would I'm sure like that that what you're saying is also true. Mm. But I reckon you c- you can't get the money unless they I find you. I disagree because I think if the government says says someone dead, then they're going what we don't believe the government. So like, no no no, that's that's how things work. If someone if the government says someone's dead, they're fucking dead. Mm. So I think they've got a insurance company can't just ignore that someone's legally dead. I don't really know how it works though. I think police, I think I think there'd be a thing where police just go, we're not looking anymore, and we this is this is how we've this is what we've decided it is. Yes, but I'm sure that you can't legally. That's go, a stage of doing it without seeing. That's a stage a of body. doing it. We're not going to look anymore. But at some stage down the track, they they have to they have to make something official. Mm. They don't just go, oh, whatever. 
They g- you can never have a government opinion on something, on the life of a human being, where they go, eh, who really cares in the <laughs> end? You know, whatever. Yeah. Everyone's alive or dead or something. You guys just... You know, we've all got opinion. You yeah. know, it's like comedy. It's like some people think it's funny. Some people think it's not funny. Some people well, think that person's dead. Some people think they don't. But then you dead. hear things where like police departments all around the world are different, where the the Portuguese police who were looking for Madeleine McCann, Maddie. they at a certain point, they turned their focus onto the parents. Mm. And then... Always they, the first suspects. Yeah. But they, they just decided like the parents have done it. Even mm. though then enough evidence comes out that the parents didn't do it. They're like, they they just never kept looking after that. Like once they went, it's the parents. Mm. They that police department just went. Well, our job's here, here's done. Even yeah. though other people were going, it probably it seems like it's pretty hard for them to have actually done it. They're like, nah, we we've just we've just logged off yeah. now that we've done that. Yeah. Our work here's done. Yeah. We we you know we've named them. What more do you want from us? Mm. We're probably not. We're just going to waste our time if we keep looking after the fact. Mm. Yeah. Convenient. It's, it's um. You know, any of that stuff, they always look at the parents first, which is, you know, I'm sure the percentages of, would break down and go, yeah, well, that's that's 95% of the time, that's that's who it was. Yep. But, uh, yeah, fuck. What, what a, what a, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck we got here, but. <laughs> <laughs> fun read for this guy to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Peter. Thanks, thanks, Bowie. Um, thank you very much to uh, Patreon subscriber, Chris Armstrong. Mm. Yeah, noted um, former Crystal Palace striker of the nineties, Chris Armstrong. Oh, yeah, okay. surprised that you, that you're a listener. Um, yeah, fresh from playing up front uh, in the nineties in London in Crystal Palace with um, fresh from that, fresh from that with fresh um, from thirty years ago, Mark Bright, and then <laughs> moving along to Tottenham Hotspur. Good to have you, Chris. Yep. Thanks for chipping in. Yeah, surprise. Is that exciting to you? I mean, not less exciting than if it was a Liverpool player, for sure. Oh, look, any any Premier League player from the 90s absolutely floats my boat. Yep. My absolute... Um, possibly... Well, I've, I've said this before. I, I've always thought this, you know, you're the most passionate about stuff like that when you're in your, like, probably late teens and mm-hmm. stuff, when you don't... You're not probably adult enough to fuck it, to genuinely tie your emotions to something important. Yeah. When you don't have anything good, you know, uh, real enough in your life, and you've just got time to fucking waste on obsessing about stuff that doesn't matter that much. I yeah, guess. Yeah. I I would definitely, I would definitely have been able to tell you at the age of seventeen, I would have been able to give you a starting eleven of every team in the Premier League. Yeah. Right. And just go. Yep. I know everything. I used to. Know, I I would for Liverpool players. I would be able to tell you. All their former clubs, where they came from, yeah. their price tag, their old ratio, roughly stuff like that. But then you get older and priorities change, and yep. you have, for example, like maybe a wife and family mm. where you can't devote an entire week to just going and watching mm. one Absolutely game. Absolutely not. Yeah. Why yeah, would yeah. you? Things, things change. Hey, yeah. that was only a week, and I just I, I can't tell you the, any date of births or anything like that. So th- that's something of isn't your it? child. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I could roughly give you. I could give you a ballpark date, yeah. date yeah. of birth of my child. Um, but, uh, uh, Chris Armstrong, what, what, what an honor. Um, Good player? Mate, Premier League player. Okay. So, you know, dummy, you know, mm. dummy getting in there. Um, oh, look, unless of course, no offense, unless this isn't the actual Chris Armstrong. Take um, it. Well, let's say, let's assume it's not. Okay. And take a punt on, uh, what kind of, uh, prowess with a ball do you think this guy has? 
Well, look, he's... He listens to a pod, so the odds are stacked against him. Yeah. He's, um... Ah, fuck. What? No, no, I just... Well, I, I, I was, uh... Let's just say that, um... Let's just say that right then, as, we, as we've been talking, um, the, the UTA has, cl- has shut down and uh, it's restarted up and uh, let's just say some, some certain things haven't been saved properly. Okay, right. Um, so, uh, l- you know, uh, th- things, aren't, things aren't perfect. It's not the, ideal. Uh, it's not, not ideal, ideal scenario. No, no, absolutely not. The magic of this guy's uh, name has... Destroyed the, the odds. UTA. The odds of someone that I admired so much in the nineties and 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 w- played in the Premier League is the the odds behind all of those things combining is is buckled the UTA and sent it into fucking shutdown. Right. Um. So what do we do now? No, nothing. Nothing. It's oh. just uh. It's uh, the show goes on. It's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm currently dealing with it. I've I've. I'm a, you know I've done this before. Time you're going into I a deep cover. backup. Yeah, I can cover. I've got backups. It's okay. okay. All right. It's okay. All right. Just happens portable, to separate portable hard drive stored in a gold briefcase. Let's just say it's fucked up a lot of other stuff I've been working on okay. on the UTA right. in the last hour or so. Right, right. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of other programs within the UTA that I, I, I do other work on. Ah. A lot, lot of other algorithms. I never knew that. I never yeah. knew you could put other apps on it. Well, I'm, you know, I use it for guests as well, you know. Like, okay. You know, like we didn't even particularly want McAuliffe on this week, but the UTA has plucked him out. and uh, Said he's, ah, uh, right, yeah. right, I see. Yeah, I see. so that's, I don't think I've mentioned that on the show before, but the... Uh, the the UGA is actually part of the UTA. The unplanned guest alternator. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So right, right. Don't don't think I've brought that up before. So people going, why hasn't this person been on for a mm. while? It's out of our hands. Exactly. Stop asking us. Exactly. We don't know. Like, do you think we want Capra on that often? <laughs> <laughs> you, are you serious? Why would anyone go out of their way to make that happen by design? <laughs> Check out next week's app. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for him <laughs> um but uh, look armstrong um that, i mean that's that's what i think of automatically when you when i think of sport um other people could think of like an absolute drug fiend of a bicycle yeah, bicycle yeah. racer dodgy dodgy man i don't think of cyclists i think i think i call them bicycle racers Bicycle racers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I bike think. riders. Mm. Professional bike riders. Yeah. Um if you could be a professional sportsman, Tommy, mm. what do you think you'd pick? As in, what would I want to be really good at? Or yeah. or I or what what do I think? What am I entering myself into thinking? Like current skill level. No, not not adapting to what you can do at the moment. Okay, more just like I just it's like a genie. Yes. grants me the ability yes. to be like. Well, I can't imagine you adapting anything you're doing at the moment into being a professional sportsman because I don't think you do anything as close to sport. No, but yeah, I've got pretty I guess bad. you run. You could uh, say I you, run. you're a yeah, runner. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty active. Like if I started, tr- but like I just never had very good hand-eye coordination, which is such a, a necessary skill for mm. most, if not all sports. Mm. Um, probably, probably basketball. Mm-hmm. Just because you're getting to, you know, if like being able to get up and get some real air yeah. and land some awesome slam dunks you would like be that? pretty fun. Right. That would be fun. Yeah. Pretty well, you know, it's a good choice. Well paid. A lot of well paid. F- yeah. Fame. You get to travel. Mm-hmm. You get to, you know, um, hang out with Magic Johnson. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you get to do cool stuff like and that. And I've already got that. So it doesn't, you know, whatever happens well, doesn't really have to mm-hmm. affect me. Okay. Um, 
And uh, yeah, all right, okay. What what team would you play for? Um, I'm a, f- a free agent. Well, I'm free right. agent. I'm happy to be. Right. I'm happy for a bidding war to Whatever. break out. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. whoever will have me. Okay. No, let's, let's what about you? Who? What would you want to be? Name one thing you'd want to be good at. Mm, it's a tough one. Um, man, I remember when I was like about oh, sixteen or fifteen or something like that. I remember. Like I was, I was, I wasn't bad at soccer, mm. especially growing up in Maryborough, where it's a small town and mm. soccer's not that big. And I, I ended up playing, you know, playing to a, a reasonably decent level. But the newspaper did like a little story on me, and I, it's just, it's one of the, one of the things that still gives me douche chills a little bit, like embarrassment chills. Of mm. did this little story on me, and it was like, so what do you want to do? And I was, I was like, genuinely like. I think I'm. I think I'm going to go to England and I'm play. I'm going to go pro. Not Fuck not yeah. not pro, but like just, just me. Just go to England and just have a kick around the park. But just me being sort of like, oh, you know, seeing England from afar and going, I'd love to go there. Obsessed with watching the soccer from there. Oh, of course, I'm not going to play first division, the top division. I could play like seventh division. Just thinking, yeah. well, that'll be easy enough. Yeah, easy to get and in. And then in reality, going. You couldn't even play fucking 69th division. What are yeah. you talking about? Yeah, great. But just me going, oh, yeah, I'll just pick this little club here or whatever. And it's me sa- like talking like that, just going, oh, yeah, that'll do me, like mm-hmm. sixth division or something. I'll just go and do that. Like, I'm probably, probably worth being a bit higher up, but, you know, I'm trying to be humble. Yeah. I'll take the hit. And in the meantime, I'm in Maryborough. I'm mm. in, I'm not even anywhere close to being in the top. 10 divisions in Victoria, yep. which is a state, not even national. And me going, no, 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 I know Australia is shit compared to England, but I'll just jump up a few galaxies ahead to fucking, oh, God. So is that your answer? You'd, you'd be soccer? soccer? Of course. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. I'm not I'm not that interested in, I like sport in general, but yeah, God, that that's, that's, that's the dream, of course. Mm. There wouldn't be anything e- even close, I don't think, anywhere else. I don't know. Like... There's team sports and there's individual sports. Like I think the individuals a bit, uh, it'd be a bit boring. You see people with individual sports. It's like those people are crazy. Tennis seems fucking brutal. People are crazy to get in that stuff. It's all you. I don't know how fucking people do it. Golfers, the golfers should be more insane than what they are. Yeah. Like everything verges on like you can, you you're playing. You know, you're hitting sixty five shots a day, and if one of them is fucked, it's all over. Yeah, yeah. It's like you would go. It's just one tiny little fucking Jenga stick that falls and mm. it fucks your whole day. People would go insane. Yeah. I think that's the the cra- possibly the craziest sport, I think. The, as in the sport that could potentially send you crazy. When And the flip side of it being a lot of people who then play it just recreationally, mm. it's like relaxing to them. Yeah. Like the chasm between... And of course, every sport that you're just playing recreationally with mates is going to have a different vibe to if you're playing it. But like that, like you can be playing tennis just with mates and still get very competitive. Yes. And get a bit psycho. Yes. Whereas golf, I think by and large, people like, yeah, that's, you know, people have been going crazy, like right wing kind of wealthier people going crazy about the golf courses not being open mm. in COVID. It's like, get me out there. Mm. I just need this to unwind. Yeah, it yeah. is essential. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. my meditation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty fucked. Um, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris, with your strong arms. Um, thank you very much to Patreon subscriber Tim Clancy. Oh hell yeah! 
I went to school with a guy called Clancy. I think you've talked and, about uh, that before. Yeah, I found that very bizarre. Mm. Very, very bizarre. As a first cool name. Cool guy, normal guy. First, last first name, name, fine. Clancy. Fine first name. Even, I mean, it still sticks out as a last name, mm. I guess. Yeah, Tim Clancy but sounds not, good to me. It sounds like a, a, a an author or something. Well, Tom Clancy. Oh, of course. <laughs> that would be why. Fuck, someone... I'd love someone to make a supercut of the times you've gone, this sounds like this. because <laughs> that's an actual guy who does that. <laughs> well, am I wrong? giving me this guy, Steven Spielberg. Am I wrong? Giving me a bit of, uh, giving me a bit of movie-making me, vibes. Show me how I'm wrong. What I'm saying is it sounds like this, and it does. It is. It sounds like yeah. that, because it is that. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can sound like it and be it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm not right. disputing that. I'm right. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um... Yeah, uh, um, I reckon maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I reckon we've had a Clancy before. Uh, we've talked about this, and may, I just I've got a massive massive feeling of deja vu. But you having known someone called Clancy, I really hope that it's you've read this name out before, and this and one of these discussions about this sounds like this is literally this guy's exact name. You know, it's all happened in the exact same way. Yeah, that I would so. be I truly so. great. You having someone called Clancy as a, as a first name. I remember, no, I, he wasn't my friend or anything. He was just some. I think he was a friend of a friend, and his name was Clem. Like mm. knowing a sixteen-year-old guy called Clem or a seventeen-year-old guy called Clem, I was like, that is so fucking weird. Yeah, I remember thinking it was so weird. That's definitely an old man's name attached to some cunt, you know, that's like fucking listening to to Nirvana or something and smoking yeah, yeah, a bomb, yeah. going, nah, I don't think that works. Clem's good. I I like it though. I don't mind it. Now, I think, I don't know, back then, I don't think there was as many ironic names 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah, Clancy was, it was just such a weird one at school because it, yeah, it's it's ahead of its, now probably, yeah, there's probably a ton of kids. Like, mm. you know, Dave O'Neill, who, just on the app, mm. his kids are like, what, Barney and Jasper and yeah. names like what that. What is going on with that? Yeah, but like, it's probably like back more into vogue now, but definitely... Like when I was at school, everyone was just called Tom and Sam and yeah. Tim, and yeah. there weren't any, you know. I names. reckon. I reckon growing up, my name Carl. I reckon that was even a bit like people would go, "Oh, okay, right." I'd never met a Carl before I met you. Really? Yeah, never knew of a Carl. Oh, it was a, it was a TV character name. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy sure. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm real baby. Um, yeah, of course. I, you know, you can't help but think of Clancy of the Overflow. You even I don't know, really what know what that is? No. Don't know what that is. It's like a. Is it a I've poem heard it or a vaguely story? Familiar, but it's like an old old poem or a story of a, you know, um, like Australian, some sort of fucking nineteen twenties, you know. Um, yeah, Banjo Patterson. It's exactly ah, okay. what it is. Yep. It's an from eighteen eighty nine. Some sort of uh, a, a romantic view of rural life. It's a poem first published in the Bulletin. Okay. On 21st of December, 1889. Oh, jeez, they're hidden it in uh, close to Christmas. I wouldn't have been putting out something, a big potential hit like that, so close to Christmas. Yeah, a bit of a waste. Yeah, yeah. Although maybe it's like, you know, a lot of stuff now will get released, like video games, for example. It's a popular time to bring stuff out is like end of November, start of December. Get that mm. holiday rush. Okay. People are buying gifts. Yep. Maybe the thinking, w- you know, put this poem out. People are going to be buying it for their families for Christmas. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people probably getting a copy of the bulletin for their Christmas present. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It would have been pretty nice for a kid to get up, 
you know, wake up at 5.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Christmas Day and go, who is this Clancy of the Overflow cunt? Probably a few of them being returned at fucking Dimeroo on <laughs> Boxing Day 1889. <laughs> <laughs> I got six copies of the balls in. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, fuck. The man from Snowy River. Um, that's where it comes from. Yeah, much of a Banjo Patterson fan? Nah. If you had to, uh, if you had to have a nickname um, that's a musical instrument, what would you go with? That's a really good question. Thank you. Um, oboe. Oboe. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. Oboe. Guys, what up, oboe? We've had a bit of fun calling me Meatball for a while, <laughs> but I'd like to request everyone call me Oboe from oboe. now on. Oboe. Oboe. Oboe Dasilo. No, just straight up. It's I don't mind Oboe Dasilo. It does have a nice ring to it, but it's rare that it's rare that someone's nickname has the surname built into it. Yeah. Oboe, oboe, Dasselow. I'm happy just oboe for short. I mean, if people want, I mean, oh, I'm I'm lucky that if it if it comes to that, then great. It does. They do sound good together. But also just like <laughs> seeing a guy and going, "Hey, oboe." <laughs> you know what that? You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like some smartass that's just met Banjo Patterson. Going, What's your name, Banjo Patterson? Sure, and I'm oboe Dasselow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But is is Banjo his actual name or is it a nickname? Uh, I, I've always it's his nickname. It, is it really? Yeah. Okay. His name was Andrew Barton Patterson. Ah, Classic okay. Australian. Uh, is he just a poet or was he an author? I mean as that well? that era, you know, if you'd have told me like, yeah, no, straight up, his name was Banjo. Mm. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. No, it's his it's his his nickname. I would imagine. Look, I I don't know that much about Australian history, but I would imagine at some stage he's played a banjo. And he's gotten the nickname off the back of that of someone going, "You play that, now you are it." I reckon it could potentially be the opposite. Knowing you know what our country is like, oh, he hates it. Right? That's actually no. That's you. Oh, right. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, um, maybe he's like got dumped by a girlfriend. Like he's got a girlfriend and. He's going, oh, this is great. I'm going to marry her, and then she's just absolutely fleeced him for everything he's worth. Oh, fucking hell. And he's and they've gone. She's played you like a banjo. Ah, oh, your name's Banjo now. <laughs> Give me one sec. I've just got to answer Tommy, my doorbell. Tommy's got. Tommy's got a ring on the door. I think Nick Giannopoulos wants to finally come over and make whoopee. No, no one's there. Someone's hit the fucking wrong number. Someone's absolutely fucked this. Nick Nicky's tried to get into his flat and and royally fucked it. Wonder how, wonder what your number is. Wonder if your number's that far away from his number. The number of his apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. You'd hope so, given that location-wise, y- you couldn't... Y- you're the pool boy and he's in the penthouse. Well, I had an idea um, before this new stage of lockdown happened. For the purposes of content for the pod, I was going to get a camping chair and just sit out the front of his building <laughs> and just gotcha journalism style and just wait for him to come out mm. and just see and document my day right. and hopefully just get... Get something, get some kind of sound bite out of him for the pod. Oh, what actually say to him, speaking to this mic, like get. May, yeah, maybe I'd have the recorder on me. Mm. I was just kind of like, you know what, that'd be a pretty funny thing to do. Just sit out in the street mm. and just wait and just wait for him and just you know, just watch the world go be by. Good to from see out if there. he he brought someone home. That'd yeah, be good. yeah, yeah. But now that's probably not the best look. Yeah. Just be sitting out in the street. Well, but some people are like, I'll get him on the pod. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, Tommy. How do you feel? It just feels like we've talked about it enough now that if the opportunity arises, we kind of have to do it. 
Yeah, I guess so. Even if we put it out as just like a mini extra bonus, it probably would be like the... It'd have to be on the main feed. It'd end up being like the... Oh, I mean bonus, like it's not... It's on the main feed, but it's not the main episode. You know, it's like we put it up on the front. But like, I see it being potentially as like the... um, the uh, Pablo Francisco episode, mm, I, where the actual, I definitely do. Where the actual recording itself was twenty minutes, yes, and the debrief yes. like an hour and a half. I agree. Yeah, I, I imagine it being something like that, where it's like, great, we've talked about it enough. Mm. People are excited that it's happened. Do they really necessarily want to hear what he has to say? Yeah, no, yeah. not so much. Yeah, it's more about the fact that we went and did it that yeah. people are going to find the most interesting. I agree. So even just going like. Mate, can we come up? Our podcast goes for 10 minutes. We'll do an episode <laughs> with you and then we'll be out. And then he goes to check it the next day and goes, why is this? <laughs> we recorded for 10 minutes. Why is it going for two and a half hours? Yeah, yeah. By the way, I was about to say, um, speaking of just what I said before, I watched the McAuliffe uh, doco, drinking doco mm. with my girlfriend and there lot of shots of just absolutely sideways fucked up people mm. in it that we had to put a moratorium about a minute in on not going, that's you, to everyone who came up on. It's like a minute and a half in and I, I turned to her and go, hey, I actually am not going to end up taking any of this in. I've already missed literally everything he said because we're just both screaming, that's you, at each other. We need a, we need a break from it for the next hour. She's like, yeah, fair enough. And then very quickly, there's someone like right on the coming up next week yeah. and I just I could see the like timer on the bottom of the screen had – you know, thirty seconds left. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm breaking the moratorium. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm yeah, getting the last yeah. one in before yeah. the door slams shut. Yeah, it's fair it's enough. Fucking great. You got what you wanted out of it, and then, yep. Um, thanks, thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, got Tim, Tim Clancy, Tim Banjo. Um, Obo cunt. Um, thank you to, very much to Patreon subscriber Craig Rathbone. Okay. Okay, what? Okay, I'm taking it. You're in. dealing with it. Yeah, I'm dealing okay. with it. Rathbone. I remember this guy. Met this guy in uh in the Apple Isle, not in not in the, not oh, in the supermarket yeah. in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God! He's he's a listener from Tasmania mm-hmm. who um came along wearing a uh, heavy truck T-shirt. Okay. Some oh homemade yeah, merch. yeah. I remember this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah homemade merch. Absolutely fucking nerding it up. Yep. Pretty God. cool. Yeah. You think that's cool? I think it's cool. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if cool's the appropriate word. What would you feel about a bootleg scene of merch popping off not, for this podcast? Not great. You'd hate it. I'd hate You'd it. You'd absolutely hate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'd hate it. <laughs> I'd hate people getting the bootleg merch while my fucking child's room is filled with yeah. official merch. Yeah, that we haven't gotten through yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, and unless, unless I knew that whoever's bootlegging the merch has got twice as much and it's not selling. I'd be pretty happy with someone getting stuck with bootleg merch, actually. For, uh, I mean... I can see that being a definite reality. Like mm. someone going like, oh, yeah, people are going to love this fucking a shirt, a pi- the shirt that's a picture of Tassilo and it says Oboe underneath. Mm. People are going to fucking snap this yeah, up and they've yeah, just yeah. absolutely misjudged it and yep. fucked it and now they're left with boxes of it. Yep. Yep. I'd like to, I would like to see someone do it but in a very I've authentic bootleg way where it's got to be suitcase out the front of a live gig. Yeah. It's got to be like down the road in a car park somewhere. Cheaply made. Shittily like, made. Yeah, really thin fabric. Thin fabric. Something that's niche enough that we're never going to do it. We don't back it. It's not it's not a design that we would ever back to sell. Yeah. They've like, spelled something wrong. Yeah. yeah. Dumb Dumb has like got bees on the end of yeah. it. 
something very, like almost in the wrong language. Yeah, car yep. park across the street. Um, from the Athenaeum back, back with the 500th yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah. Back of the car. Yeah. Boot open. Yeah. That, that I'd be kind of, If there's something funny about it and there's like a weird spectacle to it, yep. that I'm into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. And the person just basically covering their costs to yeah. a point where they still essentially lose money on it. Some some, some real grifter at the front, really yep. barking loud and trying to get people to, to buy this $10 merch or something and it's mm-hmm. just faded shit and house. shit. Really falls shit. apart by the time they sit down in their seat. Yeah. Um, and trying to convince people it's official and then people are sort of believing it because they're going... Well, it is pretty shit, and these guys are pretty shit, so sure, I guess. It's very funny that there isn't really any kind of... Like, I've been to maybe, I think, two concerts before that were big enough that I saw someone selling bootleg merchandise out the front. Like, I've walked past Rod Laver Arena when, like... I don't know, not Bieber, but like someone of that ilk mm. was on. And mm. Like maybe Robbie Williams or someone like that and someone mm-hmm. was selling bootleg stuff out of a suitcase. Mm-hmm. But having been to a couple of concerts in uh, the States... Like, you go to something that's, like, the size of the Forum here mm. in Melbourne. So, what's that? A few thousand? A uh, couple thousand? I think it's, like, 5,000. 5,000. Yeah. So, like, not massive, massive. Mm. And there'll be people selling bootlegs at shows, like, that size. Oh, like, okay. you get it for, like, doesn't matter the size of the show. I think it depends on the um, the band as well, because if you have a certain fan base that are more keener to sort of spend their money, like, you know, like a Bieber thing is, like, you know, a lot of kids with disposable income. Yeah. Um, whereas you might get something a bit more alternative where people have got no fucking money. Yeah. And, and not that stupid that they just need a T-shirt that says, the band yep. that I just watched yep. on it. The Chili Peppers. Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that they're a dumb band, but no, I've changed my mind. I am saying it. They yeah, I think you've, you're on record as yeah. having said that they're m- dumb. many, many times. They're dumb. They're dumb. They're dummies. Yep. Um... So yeah, look. If if someone wants to waste their time and money, go for it. At the if Craig Rathbone wants to do yep. a do a more, you know, look, he he is losing out at the moment. He owns mm. a one of one heavy truck t shirt. Yeah, but yep. if he wants to broaden production and you know maybe yep. make a maybe make a few hundred. Especially we, how many t shirts do we sell when we make them, Carl? We say we we sell. I think, and you you would know better than me, but don't we? When we get a new T-shirt made, mm. we sell five thousand in the first. Week. <laughs> yeah. So that's the volume Roughly. that you should be making. Yeah. You should be making that many. If you want to make a bootleg of and us, you should make that volume. To be fair, and we're being a little bit careful because we sort of think, well, we don't want to get, we don't want to get stuck with too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're like, of course, then we reorder after that, after yeah. they run out. And you'll be able to make yours a bit cheaper than we make ours. So, mm. You'll, mm. you'll probably, you know, price point's probably a big thing for people. So, yeah. probably get 10,000, I reckon. Get yeah. 10,000 heavy truck shirts made up, yep. Craig, and uh, you'll, you'll flog them super quickly. Definitely, and especially heavy truck. I mean, you know... That happened on one episode about eight months ago, so yeah. it's as fresh today as it ever was, I, I reckon. I think it's coming up on a year. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Over a year, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think it is. I think it was about Oh, Christmas no, with Ballard time. end of last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, Christmas right. time. Um, I guess it feels like a very fucking long time ago. Yeah. Um, thanks, thanks, Ratho. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Boney. Thanks, Rathbone. Bone Zone. Um, hope, you, hope you're well down in the apple aisle. They're doing pretty good, aren't Woolworths. they? They've got like zero cases and shit. Are they? Fuck. I think they're, I think they're all back to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's all right down there. Wouldn't mind going back there. Me either. It was good. It was good when we did that show there. I'd like to go, I swear to God, the next time I go, I've got to go and spend a bit more time there after, because I've only ever gone in and out to do a show and mm. I haven't, haven't gotten the time to kind of poke around and uh, I'll say this. Sightseeing. This is quite, this is a bit rude. Maybe we didn't talk about it. Uh, did we talk about it at the time? I can't remember. 
we had we had a great show there and then went out and just had a bit of a shit time because we were like, let's go to the cool places. And then the guys that were very lovely enough to look after us went, let's just go to this fucking terrible place instead. Where we run a gig and then we got there and there was like no one there. Yeah. And it was like mostly outdoors and it was freezing yeah, too. Yeah, there was no one there and then it was just shit. And mm. then I think me and Heggy and Cody went to kick on and we just walked for fucking miles to find this place that was then closed. Yeah. And then walked back to find another place that was closed and then found just one place that was like fairly fucking average, but was open. So we we're like, okay, this is the place. This will do. And it was outdoors, and this is like at midnight in Tasmania. So we're just outside, freezing our fucking ass off, going, well, this is the best we can get. So this is fine. It was insanely cold. Mm. Even like yeah, mid afternoon, it was like I couldn't have designed a, a worse night out <laughs> than that night. Yeah, pretty brutal. So we were really looking forward to kicking on and having a bit of fun, and it was absolutely not that. Yeah. So if we we go back, we have to. We have to... got to have a plan. you got to know need, where you're going we need, before the show. Yeah, we need... We should have stayed at the venue we were at. That was all right in comparison where the yeah, show was. Yeah, yeah. That was fine. Yeah. yeah. We need some party animals to step up and let us know what to fucking do next oh time God, we go. Oh, God. Here we go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, I mean, the dream. I mean, at the moment, we can't leave our fucking postcode, but all yeah. of a sudden, I'm dreaming of going to an island. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, this bar wasn't yeah. very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig Rathbone, you are not in charge. If, you, if you're making fake merch then you, you don't know the cool places not to a go. party animal Ratho, yeah. we don't Bono. want to come and play dungeons and dragons yes with your mates. yeah having a fucking shandy with your mum isn't the coolest, <laughs> coolest place in town yep. all right um okay well that's uh look i i have to go and pick up my child so i better go yep uh i have to go now so look uh look mm, i look one more there's a okay. bit of a backlog at the moment yep. we need to get through some um i'll ju- we'll quickly do one more um, okay, right. So, uh, sixth or seventh or fourth or something. Five, fifth. Um, thank you very much to Patreon subscriber. Last one for this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What? Oh, that's interesting. It just, just reminds me of, uh, reminds me a little bit of something we were talking about. Like someone we were talking about before. Someone that you live near. Uh, thank you very much to Patreon subscriber. The Wog Comedy. <laughs> oh, weird. Can't be the first time that one's come <laughs> <up>. <laughs> no, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. I'm pretty sure it okay, is. Okay, all right. Yep. Pretty sure. I know that I know the, ba- the UTA shut down before, but it reopened back up. It's got a backup okay. system. I ran the algorithms. That's the first time that's come up. Well, what are we... Because we should... We do need to get a... A party line on this. If I do run into him in the street and I'm I'm given the opportunity to throw an invite out, is it something that we follow up on? Look, because otherwise it's just like we're just going to speculate this about this forever. Tommy, you know I'm reasonably front foot with things like this, but I'm 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 sort of scared. Me too. Yeah, I'm sort but of. But I reckon I reckon the for the for the just the pageantry around it yeah. and the wrap up afterwards. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking that the content in that room itself would be incredible. Yeah, I think it'd be very weird. Yeah, but I think it would be a lot of fun to talk about afterwards. I really think it'll be a situation where we're sort of not really wanting to do it and too scared to do it, and he's demanding ten thousand dollars to do it. Well, that that's that gives us an easy out. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I just feel like we talk about this enough now. Yeah, that it's like otherwise. It's never going to end. We're just going to keep getting berated sure. by people wanting us to do it. But, yeah, I think, yes, we do talk about it enough. But also, it's not like there's heaving amount of listeners going, you got to get him on. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, I, 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 I am interested. 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, those situations where you're, it's like a bungee jump where it's like, oh, it sounds great. And then, yeah, you, and then you get up then there. Then you go, you get up to do it and go, I do not want to do this. Oh, and then when, once you've done it, Wow, great. Oh, look, I'm only I'm only asking because if it happens, it's going to be because of me being in front of him. Mm. So if I'm if I'm in that situation mm. and I do have the opportunity, I want to know whether Am I don't I, I don't want to have to be like calling you up going, yeah. "Call him in front of him." Right? <laughs> Can I ask about the podcast? I wouldn't mind you doing that actually. Yeah. yeah. I just want I I want uh, and it's fine either way. I just if the position if if the situation is in front of me, oh. I just want to know whether that's whether that's something that I should act on. You know what? I'm happy to be led by you. Okay. If you're brave enough to do it, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm I don't, I don't want to lead this one. I'm, I'm yep. too scared of him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm wa- scared of him too. I'm but worried. Yeah. yeah, but hey, you know, everyone, you know, skydiving, bungee jumping, whatever. It's a good analogy. People I, they're up there on the precipice and they're like thinking about turning back and they're freaking out and whatever. And then they, they come back from it and they're like, what a fucking amazing experience. Mm. I'm so glad I actually went through with it and but didn't chicken out. there is a percentage of people that, that die, die doing yeah. it. Yeah. And hey, look, if I lose, if I perish <laughs> interviewing Nick Giannopoulos on a podcast, what a way to go out. Yeah, but you know what? It means I'm still there alive talking to him by myself and that's worse. That's worse. That's right. worse than dying. What's a Take me with you. I get wiped out and you don't. It's, it's pretty <laughs> fascinating. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Hey, we've got jumpers and uh, we've got hoodies and T-shirts and stuff like that. We've still got a heap of merch. Yeah, um, go check all that shit out. Just... Have a scan through the website. We've been adding uh, old episodes up there so you get a yep. visual of who's on there. You can have a scan of who we've had over the last 510 episodes. Yep. It's, wor- it's worth five minutes. Go to littledumdumclub.com. Yep, check that out. We'll see you next time. See, see you, mate. mate.